0: Well, we may not be in the same room together, but we're here digitally to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom?
1: Yep, bringing you the remote daily or monthly dose of pish.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a while, and uh, we had stuff scheduled, and then we had an unfortunate cancellation, and then the world decided to flip itself upside down. Yeah, uh, last
1: year we were obsessed with Endgame, now we are in Endgame.
0: The the Thanos snap is taking a while to roll across the planet, but something's coming. uh, It's
1: getting there it's getting there
0: for for future uh, historians coming back to listen to old podcast archives for some reason uh, we're in the end of March and not the end of days kids, calm down uh, uh, we are uh, in the middle of the coronavirus lockdown which has affected just about every country on the planet I can't think of anyone who isn't doing this right now there might be some small uh, Pan-Asian, or Pan-Asian area that we can just like point to like one island it's like, no, we don't know what's going on what are you people talking about?
1: I think there might be a few countries that are not in total lockdown, but most countries are in, at least in Europe anywhere, in total lockdown.
0: Yeah. I mean, is on total lockdown, and those people just don't give a shit about fire, giant birds, yeah. snakes, poisonous spiders. Those people are taking this seriously, so pretty much everyone else is.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless you're American, or in London, because the tube in London was packed the day the lockdown was announced. People are just still thinking, fuck it, I'm going to work, or fuck it, I'm going out.
0: Yeah, the uh I'd say right now we're still at the stage where the panic about this coronavirus outbreak is more dangerous than the actual virus itself right now. I yeah. we're still waiting on the mass amount of stupid to happen, but we're just kinda of waiting for it.
1: Um Oh well, I have seen not a mass amount of stupid, but I've seen two isolated cases of stupid. One where an Irish guy goes to the the sort of hygiene products in an Asda or a Morrison's or something and just licks every single bottle of hand soap.
0: Is that the one that says, was on uh, Philip DeFranco's show? Yes. That guy that in the thumbnail the looked exactly like my brother. I fucking wet myself when I saw that thumbnail. <laughs> he,
1: he got arrested on terror charges.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I looked into this for the US as well America. and they're doing the same thing because uh, COVID-19, uh, the virus strain itself, technically just passes the limits of what would constitute a biological weapon. Um, I don't know why, I don't know how, but they, they're marking it as being on the side of a bioweapon, and uh, you are therefore spreading a bioweapon, and would be considered an agent of terrorism. And then there was the,
1: the woman, the, uh, like the blonde Instagram model, who was on an airplane, I think, and did something called this, the Coronavirus Challenge, where she licked the toilet seat.
0: She was the first one to start all that, and I honestly... Can't think of a worse person on the planet right now. It's uh, it's interesting times because we're we're all stuck together, but isolated, because everyone is yeah. stuck in their home. But everyone is sharing their thoughts, opinions on social media. I mean, we're doing the same thing with this podcast, so we yeah. can't really point too many fingers. But everyone to te- everyone isolated together and separate is a weird thing that's happening and playing its way out on uh, social media.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's not yet reached its fever pitch. I think people are keeping it relatively contained now. Yeah. But I think a couple of weeks' time, people are just going to get cabin fever and then that box is going to crack open.
0: Yeah, we are on... The UK is technically fin- just finished week one um, of isolation and I would expect this to... I mean, we're going for three weeks. I think it was Boris Johnson's statement to say we're going to review in three weeks and find out how we're doing. And uh, the UK government's approach is yeah. to flatten the curve so that we can basically just expect this, in, this virus to go through... Ninety percent of the population, but if you can slow the rate at which it goes through the population, the NHS can handle it. <coughs> and uh, everyone with a cough is immediately under suspicion. So Dom, right now, uh, we're going to end this that call wasn't me. Uh, just in case it comes through the microphone. Is that not you?
1: That's not me. I, I'm uh, one of the, I suppose one of the many advantages of podcasting from home. I'm in a comfy chair. I've got my PC all set up. I've got everything fine. I've got a tin of Dr Pepper, glass of water. But uh, my brother, who has not got C-virus at all, uh, has got a cough. So and you will hear a bit of that. And I'm using uh, the old microphone that we used to use for podcasting way back in the day when we first started. The old boom blue Yeti microphone. I'm using that. Uh, and that picks up all ambient sounds. So if my dog farts, you'll hear that. If, Gordon co- if my brother coughs, you'll hear that. If there's another... Murder of crows outside by window, like there was last night, and some kind of weird biblical plague type thing. You'll hear that.
0: Yeah, and expect some weird audio. We I just heard a little weird kind of like a electronic wobble in the noise there. So expect that. We are running this through a Discord call, and I'm recording on both sides. And they hope that what comes out of this is actually a reasonable podcast. So, yeah, yeah. I, hopefully, like I said,
1: we're, we're working out, working out,
0: and we won't get any better. We promise you that we make no the solemn not. promise to absolutely keep fucking this up until the day we die um, so I have a few notes and stuff to talk about uh, Don was saying he doesn't have that much because right now uh, you are you're just you were in study mode weren't you? Just yeah,
1: uh, before uh, lockdown happened, before we were all advised to self-isolate I was uh, finishing off my coursework for uni uh, submitting my last piece of coursework just as they told us stay the fuck home don't come into uni then after that i was in full-blown study mode i was getting ready to do a uh, long-term studying for my exams but then i've been told that exams will happen but we don't know when yet so i'm in this kind of weird limbo of do i get stuck into some more long-form video games because i got uh, shadow of the colossus i got uh, god of war uh, recently brother bought doom eternal and just finished that so i want to get stuck into that so there's a lot of games that I could be playing, but at the same time, I don't know when my exam timetable is going to drop. So I'm just hovering in this weird limbo fugue state. Yeah,
0: and you you actually posted your fat stack of games uh, ready to go on uh, Twitter at Jibberfish. I was very impressed yeah. to see some of the games in there. There was obviously the, the God of War stuff. Uh, cause you, that's the new yeah. one, right? The God of War, Dad of War. That says, uh, yeah, Dad of Boy. Dad of Boy. Uh yeah, <laughs> boy, boy, boy. Um, you also had in there. Uh, you had Shenmue. Yeah, that
1: got some dropped. Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movement and the combat of that game physically hurt me uh, it felt painful my hands hurt my head hurt i felt like uh, i felt depressed <laughs> it's not a well-playing <laughs> game that game almost bankrupt sega back in the day that's why when it came to shenmue 3 they just said if you want to do another shenmue game you're doing cash
0: your... on the table now, kids. Like...
1: Yeah, cash on the table, crowdfund it. Sega will not put forward penny one if you want to do this by yourself.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, I saw. So Shenmue
1: got dropped off the list. Yeah.
0: I've seen some playthroughs of Shenmue, like, as much as I can handle. And uh, I'm right in saying it's tank controls for your character. It
1: kind of. Kind of. It tries to be more fluid, but ends up being more stiff than resident evil tank controls because i've played i've played with resident evil tank controls since i was about five i know those controls shenmue is just something totally different it's his own beast
0: i i, I described that someone said uh, that i told a friend that you were playing this game and i said yeah uh, my buddy's playing shenmue and uh he is a hardcore resident evil fan so when he complains about the controls that means something like he really yeah. he, he knows his shit he can control a, a person with uh tank controls in 3rd per- like, second-person perspective, I guess. Yeah, I can
1: complete Resident Evil 2 1996. Not the remake, the, the original PlayStation 1 GameCube-era Resident Evil 2. I can complete that game in about four or five hours, depending on how slow I want to take the game, and that game is old-school-ass tank controls. But Shenmue broke me. I couldn't do it. Put yeah. it back. Ended up playing uh, Samurai Showdown for the rest of the night, which is a ridiculously fun fighting game. Yeah,
0: Shenmue broke Sega as well, so... I mean, you're not yeah. the first to crumble before the might of a weirdly uh, ambitious game. <laughs> like the, Every time I hear people talk about it, the director was like, I'm going to recreate all of life in a video game cartridge in 1996. And nobody said to that guy, you just need to make a decent game. Well, you can't. I mean, fair to
1: play to the guys that made Shenmue, it is a good game. It is a good-looking game. And especially considering it was made on Dreamcast. Yeah. Early Dreamcast.
0: It was uh, one of the uh, last things coming up for the Dreamcast.
1: Incidentally, Gordon will be functioning as my, uh, <laughs> as my wiki and fact check. Yeah. If I have to repeat anything, Gordon will be saying, oh, you didn't get that right, or you fucked that one up, or
0: whatever. <laughs> just, so special just,
1: guest, Brother
0: Gordon. Just in the background, you say, Wrong.
1: <laughs> that might happen, yeah. If you hear wrong, or shut up, or you suck, it's Brother Gordon.
0: You're uh, going
1: in the thumbnail now, dog. You're in the. You, oh, you want the. Right, take that. Fuck off.
0: Uh, so yeah, Shenmue broke you. Uh, other games. Yeah, Shenmue nice. broke
1: me, but Samurai Showdown lifted my spirits up again. That game's fun as hell. It's a slow fighting game,
0: Interesting. which I,
1: I love, and you can win entire matches with two moves. It's fucking great.
0: And um, that does sound kind of fun, but at the same time, like I wouldn't, like I wouldn't know how to begin to get into that game as someone who's not into fighting games. So like, is there?
1: A... Oh yeah, it, it's definitely one of those games that you. Would need to be a fan of fighting games to get into, because otherwise it's just this slow, clunky mess of a game.
0: <laughs> just the, the idea that you could win a fight with two two hits or two two moves, and then that's that that's how you would win. Like, I just ruin the game for me. I would just use those two moves again and again and again.
1: Well, it's not two specific moves. The whole point of the game is obviously the name is Samurai Showdown, so it's all about quick uh, or beefy definite strikes so you get one sort of desperation move and if you use that at any point that's like instant 50% health And you get another move where you can sort of block but at the same time you deflect their weapon so they drop their weapon then your character can just run in do some cool shit do a final move then bam you've won the match
0: hmm. I immediately just because you say samurai showdown and winning in like a small number of moves. My assumption is the like stereotypical anime style showdown of two samurai on the other side of the screens. They kind of both draw swords at the same time. but They both put the swords back in the sheath, and all of a sudden, like one guy just explodes into gore. That is immediately that's pretty much happening. exactly
1: what it is. That's like to a T. That's exactly what it is. There's a character called uh, a Yukio who's who has tuberculosis, so he randomly keeps coughing throughout the whole thing, uh, and <laughs> he most of his moves are just show the tiniest bit of the blade, sheath it, and all of a sudden, the enemy across from him gets cut to ribbons.
0: Uh, there are some great vines of uh, like swordsmen and anime be like, and you just see these guys set up this elaborate shot, and then you just put, take a katana, just pop it out the sheath, put it back in the sheath, in like a half a frame, and all of a sudden, like, the entire room just drops. It explodes. Like guys drop out the ceiling that you didn't even know were there. You're like, yeah, that that's pretty much it. That's how this shit My favorite
1: works. My favourite one was the, uh, the guy chopping potatoes with the tiny knife. He just could... <laughs> Like opens the knife blade, takes the knife at the she slightly, then all the potatoes just slide to the left.
0: <laughs> they're they're so really creative. Good. Like when you when you tell people you have to make the best thing you can in six seconds, and you can use yeah. like three seconds for setup, one second for thing, two seconds for showing the effect. People get stupidly creative with that.
1: Yeah, that's why I had I never liked Vine, but I always had a respect for Viners because like you're doing seven second clips. I think it was on Vine. Yeah. And you're still making something fairly funny with good production
0: value, so you had my respect, but you never had my admiration. I will say that if, uh, if I ever get to that point in the night where you're just bored, a like 20-minute Vine compilation of like just the weirdest shit you can find never goes wrong. Because it's only six seconds, you're not investing like an entire like 20-minute monologue into a joke. It's it, The thing happens, it's over, you laugh at it, and you're on the next one. Yeah, it just fires through I think it because again again.
1: I I spent a lot of time on YouTube trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with my dog. I got a lot of animal-based vines, and I am okay with that stuff. Yeah, like dogs being in their faces into uh, when uh, mirrors and shit like that. I'm I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> it's like that you you're looking for what was wrong with my dog. YouTube's like it probably just runs into windows. I'll send him those videos again, again, yeah. again.
1: Because like, at one point it's like my dog hasn't drank water in about. Three days, how they make them drink water, and it was like ice cubes, actual genuinely make me eat ice cubes. Shit that was genuinely helping me. Then it got to 20 minute vine compilation of funny dogs. I'm like, Yeah, this is clearly the chicken soup that I needed <laughs> to help my problem. <laughs> chicken soup for the soul, chicken soup for the moron dog. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I unfortunately, right now with uh coronavirus, I am still working, so I, I would love to be hanging out and do, doing stuff and making more podcasts and live streams on it, but I'm. I'm we apparently count as essential workers, so it's been uh, interesting to walk through the streets yeah, every day,
1: and it's so empty. Yeah, even just taking the dog for a walk. Shit, actually, I need to be careful when I say the W word because the the dog <laughs> is in the room with me. So if uh, I say the W word, I may have to go off mic for about forty five minutes and deal with that.
0: <laughs> we may have to actually commit to walkies. It'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I would
1: actually have to commit to
0: W words. <laughs> yeah, the W word. And that's—I wonder how uh, like pet owners are dealing with this because I know my uh, my brother is off their non-essential, and so is his fiance. So they've been off for like a week and a half now. They were just told just shut their shut the work down, um, but now like they have a dog. They have a, an inexhaustible. They have a border collie. Those things do not yeah, stop. Yeah, that,
1: that's just a ball of energy.
0: You can take them for like ten mile runs, and then sit them home, give them their their dinner or the lunch, whatever, and immediately like. We we're looking for walkies. Just went for like five hours. What the fuck is wrong with you? They're, yeah, uh... I
1: I need to I need to take my dog out on a cycle because he's got a sore stomach because he's got a sensitive stomach. I just like every four hours I need to take him out. Jeez, don't tell the police that. Though. And I get and I get the sense because I know there's like the police occasionally drive past because they need to check up on things. I'm pretty sure there's one police officer that's just walking by going, how many times do you need to walk the dog? Like, Come on, <laughs> <laughs> the dog will be fine. Leave him in the house.
0: Uh, you say officer, he has uh, irritable bowel syndrome, and uh, no, he will not be fine. i <laughs> You come clean that up if you think he'll be fine.
1: I will send you the bed. I will send you the sheets that he soils. You can wash them for me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not dealing with That's, shit. It's caring, it's caring. the community. If you think about it. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I, I just noticed the like the there's obviously that the occasional dog walkers and stuff. Uh, but it was it's the kids. They're gone. They're just not in the streets anymore. Because I think it was a couple of days where. People had this strange reaction of, are you telling me that all the kids got off school, had great weather after, what, three months of just absolute fucking dreadful, like, sweet, four storms in a row. Every weekend we had storms. Yeah. And then the weather gets good. Schools are legally told to close. And then all of a sudden it's like, I can't believe all the kids are running and playing in the streets. This is exactly what we want. We want kids to be out there playing. <laughs> it's just bad timing because, you know, there's a, a air-based virus. Hanging out, yeah.
1: I think th- it hasn't stopped many kids where I live because there's still like roving bike gangs of children out in the woods where I live. And if I've had to go near the shop to get anything for, you know, the house, there's always just a group of kids, like six or seven of them, just hanging about, yeah. waiting for shit to happen, like some kind of weird Lord of the Fly type groups.
0: See, my uh, the local Sainsbury's has instituted all the like two meter spacing stuff. So, I was uh, asked by a very indignant uh, woman at the Tills to please step back. And I, I, and I told her that I did not appreciate. And I just found really funny. But then I remember uh, I am pe- I'm, I'm coming in the early in the morning. I am the 40th person this woman has seen already today. And she's expecting to see a thousand more. Each one of them could infect her. If she's telling me to stand back, I'm actually okay with it. So, I had a wee mini kind of like, fuck you, indignant moment. Um, but then, no, I realized that I am, um, like everyone she sees today, is a risk and she probably doesn't need to be off sick for the next two weeks
1: yeah, I think everyone's having that mo- that moment where people realise like, they want to just say, hey, fuck you, I'll do what I want but then they realise I could help spread a pandemic, so I'll just I'll slow my roll I'll, I'll reel it back a bit
0: actually we we'll to talk about that because um, I, I'm a big fan of Nick Ricera he is a lawyer in Minnesota and he has been part of uh, like, discussions in the anime community because of his involvement with uh, Vic Mignana, the case we've been talking about back and forth on this podcast a couple of times but he is wanting to have the conversation around uh, the, the limit of government power on this because what we're seeing is the state, regardless of where you are, the state is enforcing uh, control on where people gather and how people talk and what people do in public in a weird way that is, if you just write it down on paper, pretty totalitarian. But because we have a good reason for doing it, such as, as you say, the spread of a global pandemic that has a 3% mortality rate people seem to be accepting of it and he wants to have conversations like right now about how to limit government control and how people should be allowed to be free and do what they want and i just can't help every time i i, I listen to his arguments and he has some fairly good arguments about the fact that we shouldn't just allow government to run our lives in such a strict manner but then i remember there's a fucking global pandemic and it always comes back to you could kill your grandma or you could kill someone else's grandmother and we would never want that so why, why i, I think
1: in in opposition to that the whole freedom thing i think we had our chance we had a chance to stay indoors and isolate and you know, be respectful and not try and transmit this virus but then morons started to stay out you know fuck c virus fuck coronavirus to the point where the government just said, "Fuck it, y'all can't be trusted. These are all getting locked indoors. We're going to enforce it. We're going to enforce a lockdown."
0: Yeah, the initial tone of uh, Boris Johnson's uh, announcement of the, the the lockdown was hilarious because it it literally sounds like a pissed off parent. You fuckers had your chance. All you do was sit down, not cough on each other, and I would have been fine. With you. <laughs> but you can't be trusted, so I am going to basically put you on time out. Right? You're all grounded. Uh, <laughs> I just I was then in the ultimate
1: just switch around he ended up showing symptoms
0: see that one i like it is kind of funny because he's the one his initial statements were i guess we're just gonna have to take it on the chin and you're like dude there's a mortality rate with this thing like this isn't just some weird flu or it's not it's very easy to spread there's a pretty high mortality rate you can't just say take that on the chin because when people take that on the chin they drop dead there's just nothing you just can't say that to to the public. I mean you can say it behind closed doors and uh I'm sure that it's been discussed in that manner in private. But you mm. can't turn around to the public and say, nah just take it on the chin, you'll be fine, champ. You know, walk it off. Yeah.
1: Just we can sacrifice a whole legion of grandmothers and grandfathers. We we'll get through this. We'll take it on the chin. Yeah.
0: And I'll I'll put my hands up and say that I, I'm I'm in the same boat of like I'm I agree with them. I, I like we're just gonna have to take this one, run it through the population and if we can do it right we can have the nhs recover more people than would if we just had it run rampant through society like if this happened 200 years ago uh the what is, i mean i looked at the total uk population 70 million 3% uh mortality rate r- roughly should be a couple million dead bodies uh and that would have happened a couple hundred years ago this would have been another plague we would be you know if we survived it we'd be talking about it like it was a plague um, but then yeah. I, I put that into a group chat with my brothers and my brother's like, you just can't see that the like projected stat of 250,000 uh, is an acceptable figure and I'm like oh yeah, I do sound like a real fucking dick when I say it
1: it's, It is something that I think that is the right way to say it, that we are just going to have to ride this out but saying that we just need to take it on the chin to a group of very very on edge and panicky people was probably the wrong way to do it and especially boris johnson saying it considering the fact that he's not very well liked at the best of times <laughs> yeah it's he, not exactly going to help him
0: i can't think of if you described we, we joked about this years ago back in like 2014 was we'd get boris johnson as prime minister donald trump as president and we'd have a fucking four-year like just joke fest and uh that did not happen we got like halfway there and just forgot that shit could be funny uh, because they're yeah. two idiots dealing with the probably one of the biggest, most serious, uh, complicated medical international issues of the last like fifty years.
1: Yeah, at least Boris Johnson is like you can. I can't believe I'm going to give credit to Boris Johnson here, but he's trying his best to keep <laughs> up with this. Donald Trump is just going. It will not be a pandemic. I said it would be a pandemic, and you are misquoting me. Fake news.
0: Yeah. I I wonder. Do you have you heard the theory that Boris Johnson is? wickedly intelligent and he puts on looking like a, a scrubby idiot as a, I have as a mask
1: the, i have heard rumblings of this this theory that he is you know like his wit and intelligence is like a rapier he's is insanely intelligent but he just you know acts like a bumbling idiot to you know disarm people then he kind of swoops in with this you know uh, preternatural intelligence
0: and I, I think the idea that people are he's using that to get people to underestimate him so that then he can come out on top, like, that's great, but it, it isn't working very well in this situation. And I'd love to see him just drop it and be like, guys, right, let's, let's take it seriously. Everybody's a grown up. This is what we're going to do and just have, like, a plan. But there's no real plan for this in a way. Like, if you wanted to have an effective plan, you should have started using it three to six months ago. Yeah. It's the lack of preparation it. kind of funny.
1: Yeah. The, the lack of preparation across the board
0: was just. And we're gonna see this. Uh, I think we see a change in how things happen because, like, uh, what I, <laughs> I saw a clips of. Um, it was some like deep South American guy who was freaked out by the fact that uh, there's like a, a decontamination thing called things like Lysol or uh, Clorox or something like that. It's like, it's like bleach or it's like hand sanitizer. It's like a, a, a range of products, and mm-hmm. uh, they were quoted as being effective against Corona uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And he went, wait a minute, how is this, this product's been on my shelf for like a year, how did they know this was coming, this is all part of a government conspiracy, I'm like, no bro, like, coronavirus is a, it's a type of virus, COVID-19, new strain is what's fucking everyone up. Yeah. So
1: I just. I love, and I mean, I love the people that are taking to Facebook and Twitter and saying, coronavirus isn't real, man, it's just the government trying to control us, I'm like, tell that to the hundreds of thousands of people that are dead, yeah, there are, it's just uh, the government trying to control them. I,
0: I can't remember what the I looked at the stats of the UK. I think we're already up a couple hundred. Um, yeah, I think we're
1: uh, dead in the UK. I think it's just breaching a thousand, maybe, um, maybe less. Well, not far off. Um, but yeah, I I know in Scotland there's something like forty-seven.
0: Yeah, and they did say that Scotland's actually like as an area just doing ra- like rather well. Obviously, it could obviously change it any day. But yeah. I think we're doing okay right now.
1: Yeah, I think Scotland's doing okay, and uh, there's a Scottish university that is leading the front in a vaccine. So
0: yeah, um, get further in the up there. Yeah, there's a number of places that are just going all out and getting a vaccine, and people are like saying, "Oh, we need, we need it now." I'm like, "Well, you're not getting it now. We have to run trials, yeah. and those trials have to last need a months. Deficit. Like, we can't just inject someone and be like, well, he didn't die within the first five minutes, we'll them out.' You know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it gives me cool. Dragon Ball Z or Spider-Man, Marvel comics type powers. I'm willing to take that chance, but on the off chance that it doesn't, which is a very high off chance, yeah, I'm 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 going to wait for them to test it a bit more.
0: There's a good chance that if you do get superhero powers, you'll be one of the superheroes in a wheelchair, so I wouldn't really run those risks. Yeah. Um, then again,
1: Professor X from X-Men is one of the strongest mutants alive, so pretty fucking. I'll old. take that chance.
0: In movies, on wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. They that... can
1: also make that wheelchair float stuff. So.
0: Yeah, why did he not just do that all the time? Like, you see I him in the movies just wheeling himself about. like, I just get on, like, a good chair and then just use that as your wheelchair. Why does he never do that? Oh my, I'm so, I'm, I've just fucked myself You're out. annoyed now, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going to be, <laughs> every time I watch the next one, i We go, bullshit, there's a lazy boy right there.
1: <laughs> just get comfy and float about nothing.
0: I, uh, I had one other thing. Uh, yeah, it was the, uh, did you hear about the people who, um, poisoned themselves? it was a married couple Trump has been talking about a combination of a malarial uh, disease, or a malarial medicine and one other type of medicine taken in combination he thinks has been shown to affect the virus there's no, there's not enough data to say that as a fact statement so I'm not saying that as a fact statement for the record, your honour um, and we have like he goes on and says this immediately followed by a doctor, I think it's the head of his like task force that's handling this, who walked up immediately after him and said, we did not just endorse that chemical combination. Please don't do that. We don't have enough data. Please fucking stop.
1: Oh <laughs> shit, why are they drinking ammonia? That shit strips steel beams. Don't drink it.
0: He did that in front of the president, which I will say, the fucking balls on that guy. I would not be... Yeah, that guy's fired.
1: That guy now works in the McDonald's butt fucked nowhere.
0: <laughs> that's the guy who was on uh, Philip DeFranco, on Friday, he's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. he's the guy, he's, he's literally just the head of the task force, uh, who answers the president on this, and they are just, he's just going to everywhere he can, he's appeared on like five podcasts this weekend just to speak to people, and get the word out to as many people as possible, the guy is an absolute fucking trooper, but he's awake he's yeah. like, I'm sleeping like four hours a night I'm like, uh, can you sleep a little more? <laughs> like, yeah. Trump can wait 20 minutes while you take a nap, that's fine
1: yeah, you, you, you get more than four hours. Lay off the caffeine for a little bit. We need you on your top game, dog.
0: Yeah, I want you actually good, not just feeling fine. <laughs> I want you in your, like, ace game today. But um, some people uh saw that, saw the announcement of the two chemicals involved, and someone said, we have that in the kitchen. We have that in the toilet. the toilet." I go, what? The, the last we went through, took out a very, very similar chemical to one of the ones that was mentioned. And they gave it a go, because they were scared. Um, turns out what they used was stuff you used to scrub at fish tanks. Uh, and the guy died, the woman is in hospital, in se- like, the serious like ICU, uh, on a respirator, on a, on, like on getting oxygen pumped into her lungs, because she drank what is used to clean up a fucking fish tank, thinking it would help with coronavirus.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the most important things to remember about this is don't take shit that will liquefy your insides to cure it because it'll cure it but fatally
0: yeah i uh i, I just amazed that she th- she thought she had that in her house like the thing is is it it's described as an anti-malarial uh medication have you been treated for malaria recently no then you probably don't have anti-malarial va- medication hanging around your fucking house lady yeah fucking batshit insane it's, it's doing weird stuff to, to a lot of people so um wherever you are we hope you're doing well Um, I've had contact with a couple of people in the community Uh, I know that Lance uh, our good buddy from Canada went in for the test uh, because he he's of a certain age Um, he went in and got himself checked out and is self isolating with uh, the family and stuff so uh, we wish you well Lance hope you're doing fine yeah I hope Uh,
1: you're doing good man we've seen that you were in hospital and obviously making sure everything's alright so hope you're back home nice and safe yeah
0: from what I've heard, is uh, they're playing it safe, which is the right way to do things. <coughs> and uh, we had uh, I I was talking to someone else in the community that I would actually work with, and uh, her husband's hernia operation was cancelled. So that's fucking yeah. shitty. That like it's it's necessary, but uh, with a hernia, like it's a it's a it's an easy surgery, but the after afterwards you have to be so fucking careful. Uh, to yeah, further you further watch. Like, I heard from uh, somebody else who I used to work with that had a hernia. I'm just not going to do anything for six months. I'm like, what? So that was the doctor's orders, was not to do any lifting, any movement. that was too sudden uh, for six months while the the muscles in the stomach knit themselves together again. I'm like, holy fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fuck that So
0: As a young guy, like, my my job is to do things and lift things. Like, I just have to get shit done. And if uh, you told me I wouldn't be able to do that for six months... I'd probably lose my mind. And uh, doing it in the middle of a, a coronavirus lockdown, probably not the happiest that guy would have ever been. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all playing it safe. I hope you're playing it safe at home. And uh, let's jump into like our normally scheduled show, I guess.
1: Yeah. The, one thing, the last thing I'd like to say about this is the like, it's morbid and kind of weird to say that there's an upside to all this shit. But the upside to it is with... I've actually seen people engage more with the... Like the more positive side of this thing, where people are, you know, jumping on things like Discord, jumping on things like Zoom and house party and uh, all these kind of online servers, and actually just keeping, like, keeping the chat going, keeping things going because they realise that self isolation doesn't have to be like, self. It doesn't really have to be completely isolated. Yeah. You, can, you can still talk to people. So
0: yeah, if we're all self isolating together, you can self isolate together. Like, you can communicate and talk to people. And, uh, I know I've
1: racked up about 80 odd hours on Left 4 Dead 2 over the past couple of weeks because I've had fuck all else to do,
0: you know and you jump on, you've all got headsets with your mates you just fuck around, you know, it's a lot more fun to actually play games with people yeah I'm streaming a lot more of uh, our 7 Days to Die game with uh, Badger and Pals and just to have us all on mics just shooting the shit as we shoot zombies is a lot of fun there's nothing uh, very cathartic about just the, the hangout feel of stuff, so it's Bringing that back in a big way. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah.
1: And as Troy Baker says quite rightly in the Retro Replay uh, show, which you know I'm a huge fan of, nowadays it's all about the hang. It's all about, you know, getting together, doing the right shit. And I think if we can keep that going throughout isolation, make it all about the hang, like online, the the remote hang. Yeah. It's going to make it a lot easier for other people.
0: Yeah. And it's certainly not about singing Imagine in Your Fucking McMansion. With a bunch of celebrity friends. Fucking idiots. Yeah,
1: the one that I seen was some Kardashian fucking half Barbie doll, half human bitch uh, saying, oh my God, I'm so bored. And she's sitting there and an $11 million motherfucker. I am here in a fairly cramped bedroom in Scotland. And I probably still have more shit, the less shit to do than you.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I really despise that idea of, Oh my god, guys! We're all in this together. We're all just stuck in our homes. Let's all be nice to each other. I'm like, bitch! My house does not have a pool. Fuck off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Although, did you see uh, Jeff Bezos's response to C virus? No. I will give. He gave something like two million dollars. The guy's worth something like eighty billion.
0: I I don't know how I feel about those because yeah, they're not giving hundred and ten percent their financial impact, but the guy's still throwing a, a fat stack of cash. A uh, problem, and I really don't know how I feel about it because on the one hand, yeah, it's great that they're doing that, and a lot of these guys are turning their companies towards dealing with the program with these problems. Like I know uh, Elon Musk is helping develop uh, respirators and ventilators and stuff like that um, for the for the medical services, and I know that um, Jeff Bezos has put out the call to say, like, if you lost your job due to coronavirus, Amazon is hiring right now. We need a lot more people to deal with all the online orders and stuff. we were, like we're working with these people so it's not like for me it's not just about the cash impact even though a guy like uh, Bezos can throw probably enough money at the thing to insulate everyone by like six feet of just solid cash like if he turned his entire like money into one dollar bills he could probably just insulate everyone with like the He'd two not meter like cash
1: suit cash hazmat suit for everybody
0: yeah I, I just for me it's not, yeah it does kind of suck that he isn't throwing say a billion dollars at it but you know yeah But the good thing about
1: Amazon is he is using his distribution network to provide more for the NHS and health services, so there's the upside to that.
0: Yeah, and he did crack down on uh, a certain fuckface in Tennessee that uh, went to every store in Tennessee and several other states nearby and bought them. And he bought like
1: $75,000 worth of goods or something.
0: He bought 17,000 hand sanitizer bottles and stored them in his garage, and then was like, I'm going to flip these on eBay and Amazon. And eBay and Amazon said, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> so, yeah. if Part they crack down on that guy... The, the dick of the week. Oh, that guy's the dick of the year. I think he really might be up there for genuine, like, the worst person yeah. you know in 2020. I hope. We've just started the decade, but he's dick of the decade. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think we, we have to leave it open uh, for a little bit. And... uh to you He's up, taking number one just now, though. Yeah, He's right now. One now. I'd, I'd put good odds on him making it all the way through. I'd love to hear that. I mean, uh, one thing I normally enjoy at the end of years is the, like the kind of year wrap up stuff, like uh, Yearly White from Charlie Brooker. It doesn't happen anymore, but like, like although, YouTube Rewind. Uh, nobody looks for YouTube Rewind, um, other than people who are just looking for memes. Um, what was the one? The one that I was watching? Uh, Big Fat Quiz of the Year.
1: Oh yeah, fucking love that.
0: I cannot wait for them to bring up that guy in 9 months time. That guy is going to get it fucking so harsh <laughs> once we're all done with this thing because it it will roll its way through we'll be done with this. I I don't really know when, but I'd say like if we're still dealing with this in 3 months something went really really wrong. Um yeah. but I'd say by there that is, time there's
1: talk about the isolation or the lockdown to be extending to June just as a precaution, but they say they're aiming for it to be end of May before we can leave the house again.
0: Hmm. and uh, means I could have a party for me, my birthday the <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: my brother's 30th is in, uh, in the end of May so if that happens coincides we'll probably be joining in one of the biggest parties in existence
0: I yeah I could see this uh, being you know there's like, like the Queen's Coronation the famous one where like all of London yeah. just turned into a party I could genuinely see it turning into like uh, St. Patrick's Day in Boston or Chicago when that quarantine yeah. gets lifted i wouldn't be surprised Although, if uh, international travel stays shut down for a bit longer
1: i'd yeah just yeah. to contain
0: it yeah just to stop any like because the the chinese are already complaining about uh re-seeding, so the virus came from china went to other places because people were traveling in and out and now people are coming back from other places to china like they're flying into china and giving it back to them fuck's sake the fuck? <laughs> i'd be so but, angry uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we just got rid of this. this just a, a boomerang we don't want back. Chinese health minister's like, motherfuckers, you've asked us to rediscover this thing.
1: Hey, oh. We found this. We gave it to you. Don't bring it back to us. It's like the cat that brings in the mouse. We, we called hot it.
0: potato and threw it away. Don't fucking send <laughs> it back. You know.
1: We gave you this turd to hold. You can take care of that. Yeah. Um, shall we go on
0: with normal stuff?
1: Yeah, we have because I just realised that. We haven't recorded in in quite a while and I think most of that is on me due to buses because where I live, the back road behind me is being dug up and other gas pipelines are being replaced. So we've not been able to make it to our usual recording studio, I guess. Uh, A.k.a. my couch. uh, (laughs) Yeah, a.k.a. your flat. And uh, since then, I've actually, I just realised I've watched quite a bit. I I finally got around to watching Joker.
0: Good, interesting, right. Let's uh, let's have it about that one because I want to talk about Knives Out as well
1: i'm watching knives out yeah i really do want to watch knives out but uh I, wrote, I haven't got around to that yet
0: i wrote it with the intention of knowing you probably wouldn't have seen it yet but it's something i really want to like i want to try and sell you on it so
1: yeah i do want to see it though i fucking do want to see it because uh, i'd like to see a uh, ryan johnson I not think, fuck up a
0: movie i think his name's supposed to
1: be Rean, like he did last year
0: yeah I, my, my thing is, is Rean. i think so i think he's irish and it might be Rean. uh but, oh, yeah. that makes sense my, i always my, thought he was welsh my opening line of uh, "Knives Out" is gorgeous. Movie directed by Rian Johnson of Star Wars: The Last Jedi fame, uh, and it's it's that yeah, that's all he's going to be known for now. is just uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah. If he keeps making Knives Out movies, he might get past it if he tries. If he really wants to push it. Um. So yeah, I. How, what did you think of Joker? So we're big fans of the the biggest fans of DC Universe, and uh, Joker yeah. was the first big departure.
1: It's it's no secret that I'm a huge Batman fan, and that. Batman fandom comes packaged in Joker and it may surprise people that I think Joker is the second best Batman villain and then we'll get into who my favourite Batman villain is in a minute but the movie Joker is Bane right? Is, <laughs> it's, it's Bane, it's absolutely Bane it's Tom he Hardy's Bane it's any version of Bane except the crappy one from Batman and Robin where he's like humanity
0: <laughs> seriously
1: he shoots humanity at one point because he's getting all his venom drained from his head
0: I was but joking I, about uh, Bane because, like, the Tom Hardy performance is good, but it's so fucking memed at this point. Yeah, like, I do?
1: mean, just in general, even in the comic books, Bane was introduced as this character who was just this ultimate foil to Batman. He could match him uh, physically, and he could match him uh, mentally. Yeah, he could match him in terms of intelligence. But uh, right, Joker. Before I get sidetracked, uh, brilliantly shot film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like some of the some of the shots that they they set up in this movie are absolutely gorgeous. Like the stairs leading into joker's apartment always look like they've been shot in such a way where they're looking down like they had this weird kind of perspective that i really dug like joker was going uh, arthur fleck was going down deeper into madness until at one point where it was shot when it looked like he was going up the stairs
0: are we talking about the the staircase from joker
1: the staircase yes,
0: yes. A, a place that apparently right now is mobbed with fucking movie tourists like people that's, yeah, right that that so. is a real life location and people are just going there every day
1: But yeah, it was always shot in this really cool way where it looked like even when Arthur was going up the stairs, it looked like he was going down. Kind of in this weird symbolism thing where he's going deeper and deeper into his madness or he's still trying to Mm. retreat into himself to find himself, kind of thing. Yeah. And And the the movie itself is a spectacularly uh, shot, superb look into uh, the wrong way to treat mental health. And that's ultimately what Joker's all about. It's just this version of the joker instead of you know throwing him in acid and seeing what happens we throw him to society and see what happens and that was the that was always the instagram thing like a 2008 joker acid 2020 joker society oh deep yeah
0: i I do find it very interesting that it is um for a lot of the movie he is not joker he's arthur fleck he's just a guy
1: and that—that's the uh, one of the things I liked about it quite a lot. The Joker doesn't show up until the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. and the very end of the movie is probably the tensest twenty minutes of a movie you'll ever watch. Yeah, it is amazing to watch.
0: As soon as but he just steps have... on that stage to talk to the late night show host, uh, that was yeah. as soon it's, as uh, Murray Franklin. Yeah, Murray Franklin. As soon as he's on Murray's stage, like this doesn't feel right nothing no, like this I'd say it's actually before that I'd say it's when he's in the dressing room putting on the paint for, for his yeah. appearance he's like I'm getting myself ready hey can you introduce me as Joker that line as soon yeah. as that happens and everyone's like okay you fucking weirdo whatever as soon as that happens yeah. you're like oh we're gonna see some shit
1: yeah and even from before that when you see him because you notice a, a sort of slow change through Arthur he starts off as you see him with he's got all these layers on he's hiding himself then he starts taking more and more layers off and uh, he starts moving more and the, wearing the suits. And you see him at one point, he's got his white paint on, which you see, he's almost there. Then he dyes his hair. Then yeah. he's, he's kind of almost kind of breaking out into, this, into his Joker form, if you like. Then by the end of it, he's just got the full blown thing. He's got the bright suit on. He's shifted away from the drab colours that he had before. And he's now got this fully, uh, very primary coloured uh, costume on.
0: Mm. I never thought about it until just now, but uh, the main things, the main two parts I think of, are uh, obviously towards the end. There's the whole thing of him being on the stage, and he is doing his best to own that stage. He is someone imitating an alpha's behaviour, and then when yeah. you go back to the start of the movie, the scene where he's bent over to pull up in his shoe with that fucking weird scoliosis back, where everything's all yeah, his shoulder man, it freaked over. me out. Oh, it's uh, so fucking Phoenix's
1: body in this thing. Creeped me out more than anything because he starved himself so much, and there was one point where he was dancing, and you could see his ribs. Yeah. And I thought, ah oh, shit, this is unnerving. And then at one point where he's dancing with uh, his mother, yeah, I was like, that dude, I wait to fast forward. I'm like, it's creepy.
0: This is, uh, the whole his entire performance is great because it's 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 so uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah. I, I never thought about the him like shedding him growing into the Joker as much with like the physical part. It just happens in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I kind of took it as a slow, not descent into madness, but more of a kind of slow door open to what he actually was. Mm-hmm. And I think the the part that kind of solidified that for me is the part when he's running away after killing those three Wall Street dudes on the train. Yes. Because at that point, he that's where the transformation kind of starts. He starts off as he's the the victim on the floor, getting the shit kicked out of him. He stands up he's the hunter he shoots one guy hmm. then immediately he becomes the predator because he's chasing down the other guy yeah
0: the like fact he that becomes, he chases like, the last guy through the streets yeah and through the streets. he becomes like, three them.
1: different versions of Arthur in the space of a 20 second scene yeah then at the end of it he goes into the bathroom and he's
0: he does that weird tai chi dance
1: yeah and that's him just kind of calming himself realizing this is me this is like, that's when he kind of realizes that
0: yeah
1: okay Arthur Fleck was a mask kind of how most people say that Batman is a mask mm. for Bruce Wayne. That's what Joker was going to go through. Arthur Fleck was the skin that he put on, the face that he put on, but underneath it was Joker, and it was all about you know him breaking through this normalcy that he thought this is what I need. But the the laugh, the the, the clown is what he actually was.
0: Yeah. And uh, did you see what I mean about the dancing? That like he like for so much it's of the creepy. film, he doesn't have an identity. He doesn't have anything he's good at but then you see him dancing although he's creepy he's actually pretty good
1: yeah he's, he knows what he's doing the way he kind of moves it's very fluid it's like he's not it's not really something that he's had to train it's just something that he's good at and yeah. it lends to this whole unnerving thing like the whole unnerving yeah. persona of Joker in this movie
0: and I think it's the, the, the good part for me is when he's uh, he's dancing alone at home with a gun and you know that gun is going off like this is inevitable yeah. and I think that was a great part of the whole thing of like he is always tense like there's always going to be a point where the gun in his hand goes off because he can't help himself he just loses himself in the movement in the in the moment with the dance and all of a sudden he loses he, he grips too hard to lose control of his uh, trigger discipline and then he blows a fucking hole in the wall <laughs> and that's a great metaphor for yeah. most of the movie itself is you're just waiting you're watching Arthur move through life move through a dance in his living room and then you know something is gonna kick off
1: yeah, you're just kind of waiting for that uh, the wick to burn out or the the detonation wire to uh, burn out on the dynamite and just cause this big explosion. It's
0: quite funny. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, On you go.
1: A, uh, but, uh Do you have any more points on it? Because I kind of want to talk about the ending. The ending is where part of my gripes with this movie come about. I, so I, I, did I just have a couple.
0: I just want to talk about the fact that uh, it's funny you talk about the the mask slipping uh, to reveal that you know Arthur Fleck was the mask and Joker was the the real person. I uh, I'm. Currently finishing uh, the anime Code um finishing season 2. I have just spent the entire day watching most of season 2, and uh, there's entire monologues about which is the real person. Is it Lelouch? Is it uh, Lelouch as Lelouch via Britannia? Or uh, is his alter ego the, like, the, the the kid at school? Or is Zero his uh, actual persona? Is he more like Zero or is he more like uh, Lelouch via Britannia? or uh, whatever his other fucking name is, but he's, um, he's been playing Zero so long, this uh, mastermind terrorist figure, that when it comes to being him, he doesn't know what to do anymore. Like, he just doesn't want to be himself anymore, because him, as a, as a as a school, shouldn't, can't do anything. But as Zero, he is a mastermind, like, world-class terrorist. He can effect change, he can uh, maybe save Japan in a way, like, he could never do as just a school student, like he would just be another kid, and then he adopts a mask, he adopts a persona, and there's a lot of like very similar points of the Joker is a symbol of people rising up against the corruption in Gotham at the time Yeah, What did you uh, what did you think of the finale? Which, which part of it bugs you the most? It The part
1: of it that bugs me is th- at the start of the movie, and kind of peppered throughout, you see that Arthur Fleck is in Arkham Asylum he's being treated and you see, when he's first talking to his psychiatrist, he mentions that he wants to go back to Arkham, because that's where he was safe, they took care of him there. Then at the end of the movie, he's back in Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. And then they say, what's the joke? And he just says, you wouldn't get it. And you notice that after he gets taken out of the police car, and he's standing on top of it, and he does the weird dance and he draws the Joker smile on his face with blood, Yeah, there's a kind of a, a record stop, like a like a dream fade, then he's back in Arkham Asylum. Hmm. So that kind of made me think. I mean, it's it's an okay ending, I can deal with it, but I would have preferred to have something a bit more definite and a bit less open to interpretation. Because yeah. it could be, did it really happen or was this all just in uh, Arthur's mind?
0: I think that's, our, pro- that's like our problem with that. This film is that we want it to be this... Like, this should be its own thing, its own standalone thing. Yeah. Unless the same team wants to come back and write more, I would be okay with that, but I don't want this yeah. rolling into... Uh, the the extended universe is uh, certainly the one that going anywhere near the fucking Suicide Squad universe.
1: Yeah, although apparently Todd Phillips got money thrown at him to do a sequel, and apparently he's considering it.
0: There's plenty of material, and I, I think he could do it. I don't know if it'll be have the same impact as the first one. Um, I think a lot of people will want him to leave it alone, but I yeah, yeah. um I I spent a lot of time wondering if this film ever actually happened, and as you say, like there are various hints that this is all just in his head. Maybe it didn't. I've put this theory out that uh, this might be an origin joke, origin story the Joker tells himself or tells other yep. people. It it could could be not real. Um, they could actually shoot multiple versions of the Joker with the same cast, and just make multiple different films. I think that'd be interesting as hell. But no yep. studio is going to say, yeah, you want to make the same film four times with different endings, uh, but film them all individually. No, uh, we're not paying yep. for that. I think
1: the only way I'd be comfortable with a Joker sequel is if they killed Arthur Fleck and he became a martyr for the cause. Like People said, oh, uh, Joker's dead. Then oh, someone else right. kinda steps into that, that role.
0: So this is the story of the man who inspired the Joker?
1: Yeah, I'd be okay with that. It's what Gotham tried to do but failed miserably. Absolutely miserably.
0: Hmm. Did you, How did Gotham uh, handle the... because there, there is an alternative you where know, a Joker is the one that shoots... Uh, Thomas Wayne outside uh, the theatre. The well, and originally it
1: was meant to be the Joker that killed uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne, but they scrapped that because that would make Joker about 20 odd years older than uh, Bruce. Mm-hmm. So they changed it, so Batman and Bruce Wayne, uh, sorry, Batman and Joker are roughly the same age. Uh, it's actually a guy called Joe Chill that uh, kills Batman. Batman's parents. Uh, it's actually, it leads to a pretty cool point in the comics where... Uh, batman tracks down joe chill and takes his mask off and says, you fucking remember me you created batman asshole live with yourself
0: peace <laughs> I, I would love for joe chill to be like the distant cousin of fucking mr freeze <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome uh but
1: and uh, in, in this and sorry what were we talking about again i just with talked about joker
0: but i um just i remember something i wanted to talk about in, on the podcast in general uh we talked i sent you a text about this just talking about mr freeze I thought thinking about Arnie and immediately went to uh, Josh Peck the guy who played his body double for the Terminator series like the new ones where Arnie's obviously like 70 and probably doesn't want to be in that shape anymore like he probably couldn't go back to like Mr. Olympia stages anymore Um, but the guy who played his body double and played the body double for Dr. Manhattan uh, died a couple years ago, he was hit by a fucking truck during a commercial I, would be, I was thinking to myself when I, hit, I initially read that, I was like, I'd be so fucking livid. You've worked out to the point where you represent the peak of masculinity in weightlifting. And then you get hit by a fucking truck and drop dead. I think you actually may have been hit by a train. I can't remember. I need to Jesus. Google it again. But you just get clipped by a train. you took a train to kill him. It, I'd, I'd hope so. I'd, I'd be like, if I went up there, like, yeah, we're hit by a train. I'm like, cool. Did the train get fucked up? Like, did I win? <laughs> did we call it even? <laughs> like, Is there I'm dead in the but, train now. Yeah, there better be a fucking dent in that train. If, you know, if I get to that level of physical fitness, I'd want there to be a fucking dent in that train. But yeah, uh, we were talking movies, uh, Joker. But yeah, we wanted something a bit more concrete on a on an ending. I think I, I agree with yeah. you on that one, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Gotham handed, handled it in such a way where they, uh, they had this character, uh, Jerome Valeska, who was meant to be this person who inspired the Joker. But hmm. then the rating spiked when Jerome was on the show. So they went, let's just make him the Joker and roll along with this. And then eventually they said, oh, right, we remember that one. So they killed off Jerome, brought back his twin brother, Jeremiah, and made him the Joker.
0: That seems it weirdly like, convoluted. That seems like the soap opera version of uh, Batman. It's Yeah. I, I can't say I endorse that storyline. It just sounds very uh, very forced. Like they, they, they wrote themselves into a corner and were like, how do we get out of this? Uh, character change. Like <laughs> random, just cut. I mean,
1: fans of the show know what I think about Gotham so I won't go into that but if Joker did it where it became you know the gangs of clowns that saw Joker in Arthur Fleck's performance on the Murray Franklin show and seen him shoot Murray Franklin and seen what he was all about in the uprising and things and then gangs became you know we're the clowns now we're the Jokers and then one kind of individual rises up from all that and that person becomes the de facto Joker Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that if they did it right and they paced it out right
0: I could see that working i really I, I i think that could work very well you would have to um i'd say maybe just be gentle with it i think that's the, the best part of this yeah. is that they took clearly took time to write and craft it and i don't know if you seen any of the like behind the scenes breakdowns but the way everything is set up is so fucking meticulous yeah i think uh, i've seen
1: some of the behind the scenes stuff and it was mostly to do with uh, how Joaquin Phoenix chose his laugh yeah and how uh, he basically was given free reign to improvise certain things and that's where the dance came from like when he's in the the bathroom mm. stall and he just puts the bag down and he starts dancing apparently that was all Im- yeah. uh, improv. and todd phillips just went leave it no th- let this happen let's record yeah. this let's keep the cameras on him
0: and it becomes such a, a key part of the movie and it's, it's great i think it's a great uh yeah. it's clearly been a, a, a working like project for all people involved like everyone was on board for this, everyone's like, right, we all trust each other, we're all gonna run ourselves through it, and like hearing our Waking uh, Phoenix prep for it I was like, this is ridiculous, the amount of effort this guy put yeah. into it. So I got a lot of respect. And I can imagine
1: if they do a sequel and Joaquin's in it, I doubt he would go through the same amount of you know slimming down that he would he did in the last one.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see Fat Joker. Fat <laughs> yeah, Joker could have. Him. Same way you get like Fat Mac, and it's always funny like for a couple of seasons Mac is just fat, and they slag him off for it yeah. constantly, and they slim down, and then would just like every he's always sure enough like just how like ripped he is, because obviously the guy like uh, Rob McElhinney put a fuck ton of work into it, so I'd be bragging yeah. about it as well.
1: I I got a I got a complaint about it's always sudden in Philadelphia. I tapped out the season eight. Really, it was just it was getting really really bad. I couldn't I couldn't keep watching it.
0: Hmm, I'm trying to remember what happened in season eight.
1: I think what cemented it as not a great show was the high school reunion episode.
0: Oh, I fucking laugh at that one so much. <laughs> it was good up to a
1: point, but then it was
0: D really annoyed me in the episode. D is yeah, really I annoying. Like I'll that. give you
1: that one. Yeah, but I just, uh, I just didn't have the same shine on it.
0: Yeah, from that the point, and the
1: novelty wore off. I think it was because I maybe I binge watched it all within a couple of weeks because I had time off and I was like, okay, this is—I'm—I'm I'm burnt out on this right now
0: yeah if you start to see the formula in the episodes it can drain on you really quickly yeah i'd say that there's uh there is a recurring formula in the show and i don't want to talk about it because i want to spot for people but the high school yeah. episode in itself just makes me laugh so hard just because of the uh the the effort and choreography they put into their version of the song like they have a, a dance number at the end and it's their effort yeah, like that their pay version off, of
1: it. that joke payoff is brilliant i did like that part yeah
0: uh, just with the mac like them all at the end and it's like it cuts back to reality without like, oh yeah we're doing this epic musical number and it's like no you're all drunk and you're all staggering about the dance floor and i'm pretty sure one of you just passed out and vomited on the ground like you guys yeah. are not okay
1: it ends with mac with the shot open just screaming with i'm pretty sure he has some kind of meat in his hand yeah, yeah chicken leg or a turkey leg or something
0: <laughs> he's a turkey leg and he's he thinks he's doing like this big epic uh like, scream of, like kind of just power from the like from the soul coming out of his mouth and it comes back to me like ah, 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 <laughs> on the dance floor oh it's oh I, I know you don't like it anymore i know you've you've tapped out on the series but i think yeah. you may have just, I mean i might go back to it but we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens man we'll T- see what happens take a break and come back to later on you'll be you'll be fine you'll you'll come back to the to the herd of uh, just fanatical yeah. as always sunny fans
1: but until then, uh, I have access to a subscription for Disney Plus, and I've been watching some stuff on that. It's not as bad as what people said. There's not, as, there's not a lot of content on it anymore.
0: I um, So the Disney service is National Geographic, Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. Yeah. Is there anything else on there?
1: Um, no, I think it's pretty much it. I uh, mean, say, is there anything some... else? That?
0: That's a lot of content.
1: Yeah, that's... I mean, National Geographic itself is about... it's a hefty thing. Like, there's so much shit on that. Yeah. You're gonna go uh, become no, a I,
0: meerkat expert.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you're need gonna watch expert. Jeff Goldblum talk about the Animal Kingdom, because you're in lockdown. What else have you got to do?
0: <laughs> what you can do, you can explain the fucking... Why do people love Jeff Goldblum? Beyond Jurassic uh, Park? Beyond the memes?
1: Because he is a walking jazz meme machine. Like, right. Look at Jeff Goldblum. You can't think of anything else.
0: I'm gonna catch flag for this, but I just, I just don't get the appeal. Sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had the same thing with Daniel D. Lewis. Like I watched Gangs in New York, and I watched a couple other films he was in. And I was like, yeah. yeah, you're. I mean, you're a good actor, but I've heard you're an asshole. Like, I, I, don't get your allure.
0: Yeah, I can't. Remember. Somebody told him. Um, he he talked about like he's prep for uh, a movie, and he was opposite some like veteran actor of like seventy years. And he shows up and he's like, I've been doing this research for like the last six weeks. I've now been living as this character for the last uh, several uh, several days. I'm ready to perform. Tell me, when am I going to the stage? And the other guy's like, have you just tried acting? Like, have you tried just faking the accent or whatever? Like, don't have to go and build a fucking log cabin in the woods yeah. to live the fucking Lincoln experience and then come back.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of method actors because they just seem to take shit too far. Like, you just tried, you know, having talent. Yeah, so you don't need to go that far in depth of character, but yeah, and there's it's... always
0: somebody who takes it like way too far. Like, the, I think it was uh, Jared Little, like, like... I was gonna say Jared Little, uh, mailing dead oh, rats. A rat. yeah, to people on the stage of like Suicide Squad. So, yeah, and his, his like, his freak out <laughs> after the film was like cut down and re released, saying, Oh, we could have made a Joker movie out of the stuff that they cut from this film, Like, that was not your job. That's is not part of your contract with the studio to make this movie.
1: I mean, maybe if you've been less of an asshole and not male people, dead rats.
0: Yeah. Don't fuck with Will <laughs> Smith. Don't fuck with Will Smith, all right? It's the cardinal rule right now, all right? He's yeah. He's doing bad enough on his own, all right? He
1: doesn't need your shit. Yeah, Gemini man sucked. You don't need to give him any more shit.
0: I, uh, I got into Your Movie Sucks, the YouTube channel. Uh, and oh, yeah. Just the fucking hatred that guy had for... Uh, I, can't, I think it's After Earth. I think it's one of the worst. Oh, that movie
1: sucks so much. The movie so with
0: his kid and him just going through it and being like, "This is stupid," and it's not even like flaws technically with the movie. Um, although he will point out like very obvious stuff that, um, or just stuff that really bugs him. But it's, I like his way of looking at the movie and saying, "These are logical, consistent issues with your story. Like, why would someone do that when they can just do this, this, and this? And they know how to do that, that, and that anyway. So why would they not do it in this situation? Why did the Why did the writing of this movie?" Decide that someone needed to do xyz
1: i really like his stuff but yeah, uh, smith wasn't even the worst part of that movie it was more Jaden just shitting on everything he, he just fucked that movie up
0: yeah uh, it's uh he's a weird kid <laughs> he's, he's trying to be his yeah. dad and it's not working
1: didn't he show up to some famous wedding wearing a white batman suit uh
0: that i think might have been kanye west's wedding but yeah he did that because that was the American royal family wedding or whatever it was. Because we had like the actual royal family wedding of Kate and uh, William. The other one, Kate and the non-Harry. Yeah. And, uh, did you see that? Um. Obviously, with them going to, they were in Canada. They've left Canada and they went to the United States for a bit. And uh, people were like annoyed that Trump wouldn't pay for their security. Like, you shouldn't. They're not state diplomats. They're not part of the UK state. Like if yeah. if a UK member of the royal family goes to a foreign country, they probably work out something for security, so that probably just means they have local police follow them around as well as their national service or their uh, like secret service guys or whatever we have, uh, their royal guards. They'll escort them around, but that costs them money. Like they're not that anymore; they're just celebrities now. No one should be paying for their security other than them. No, if they want security. I mean, they got enough money. Yeah,
1: so they they should be fine.
0: I did hear that she's uh, voicing a documentary or something
1: on elephants.
0: Yeah. Uh, Meghan Markle, huh. but it was
1: shown as I mean, she got to keep herself busy. sometimes, yeah. cause she's not getting the attention that she used to. That's all died down. Goddamn, sea virus is taking everything over. The
0: robot. Yeah, it, it's weird how much like everything else just drops off to the side when there's a genuine like when there's shit to get done when there's stuff that needs to be handled. Yeah. It's amazing how much uh, emphasis gets put on everything else in our lives other than actual issues. You know stuff like coronavirus, stuff like uh, terrorist attacks, and them um, you remember the the coverage of like the nine eleven, and then like the initial invasions of like Iraq and Afghanistan. Like those were just twenty four seven news coverage.
1: Yeah, and I think I think we're getting close to twenty four hour news coverage with the C virus. But, uh yeah. I could keep going on about that for fucking hours, because it's just it's yeah. infecting, quite literally infecting everything right now. Yeah. Except the uh, the postal service, which segway, by the way. Uh, have delivered. have been keeping up with the delivery of packages and have delivered uh, to myself two more games, which I need to add onto the uh, the the list of shit that I need to play.
0: Yeah.
1: And that is Persona Five Royal and uh, Doom Eternal.
0: Hmm. Cash real quick. You always refer to coronavirus as a C virus. Is that a Resident Evil thing? It's something that I've not.
1: It's something that I started doing even when it was first announced. Oh. Like, when people started talking about coronavirus. I instinctively, my head, just started calling it C-Virus. <laughs> it was that in my head. Oh.
0: I, um... What are your, have you seen anything from Doom Eternal yet? I haven't started it yet.
1: Uh, I watched uh, my brother play because he bought it, and obviously I was playing Doom 2016 at the time, which is still just a phenomenal game that you should all play. Yes. Uh, uh, I've watched some of Doom Eternal, and from what I've seen, Doom Eternal makes Doom 2016 look like it's on mine is 1.25 speed doom eternal is so quick because hmm. of the you know the double jump and the boost and the dash and how you can do weird parkour platforming shit now
0: yeah i'd heard that it is more to do with like you start exactly where you finish doom 2016 and that you are even with the double jump all the abilities are still there and they don't take it away from you like some games do uh, which might be the most frustrating experience in gaming of all time uh, you start off a game with like the great way of playing the game and then they knock you down all the way back at the start and make you build your character back up again. Cannot. Yeah,
1: I think in that. I think Doom Eternal you just kind of start on
0: Earth, I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you have to fight your way back to Mars and back down to Earth and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, the,
0: the plot of Doom games is dumb. But it does yeah, kind I of mean, like, it's, It feels Doom, like Halo when you're playing them.
1: Yeah. Doom 3... I think you're trying to destroy hell because they killed your rabbit. So. I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hearing that it's Doom 2. Doom 2? Doom 2? Yeah, it's Doom 2.
0: Sources yeah. say Doom 2.
1: Uh, Brother Gordon says Doom 2.
0: Brother Gordon. <laughs> Thank you for Brother your service, Gordon.
1: Brother Gordon. Oh, thanks, Peter, Brother Gordon, for that information. Uh, but yeah, uh, from what I've seen, Doom Eternal makes 2016 look slow and uh, even less colourful than it did because I, one thing I've noticed is from watching Doom Eternal is it looks very colourful they definitely turned the colour palette up for this one
0: hmm. that's interesting because it's um, so much of the, the 2016 Doom was it's used as a tech demo because it is so dark but there's so many lighting yeah. effects popping around the, around the rooms yeah there's a lot of reds and
1: greens and uh, your traditional you know browns and greys and shit but in, to, in 2016 there's a lot of uh, sorry in Eternal there's a lot of you know Purples and greens and like bright whites and things like that because i have just decided let's up the color palette so people can actually see. We've seen what we can do with this version of the engine. Let's just crank it up a bit and see what we can do with it.
0: Well, that's good to hear because I, I enjoyed Doom. Um, I, it it feels different to most FPS games that I play because I normally we'll play games that are more standoffish. Like it's more about the approach, the build up, like the setup. Whereas with Doom, uh, it seems to basically be how fast can you pull the trigger.
1: And, yeah, uh, and there's more of that in Doom Eternal from what I've heard, Doom Eternal will test your reflexes and demand way too much of you.
0: Oh I'm going to suck ass at this game, can't wait to stream it <laughs> oh yeah,
1: apparently a lot of people are saying that it is uh, it is awful and it is too hard it is a completely trash game because people are saying oh what's with all this Prince of Persia Assassin's Creed style parkour why is this in my Doom and uh, you know it's too hard. Why do they need to juggle all these different weapons? But Cause even it's in a original game? Doom, weapon juggling was always built into the game. Like you always had to quickly cycle through weapons and find the the rocket launcher to beat the cyber demon, or the the super shotgun to blast through hordes or something. It was always about proper weapon management. So I don't see why Doom Eternal having more of that is
0: a bad thing. See, that's uh, one thing I've actually noticed in 2016 Doom is that yeah, you do have to. Basically, figure your way through the arsenal. Like, there's no way that you can just use the same gun again and again. You run out of ammo too fast. Enemies soak up too much damage. And you are right. Like, you can accidentally scroll the wrong way, whip out the rocket launcher when you meant to use the shotgun, and then annihilate yourself along with the enemy. It's part of the fun yeah, that, of the game.
1: That happens to me quite a lot. And uh, it's happened to me quite a lot in 2016 because it's just, I'll be fighting. One of the big mancubus demons, the big fat demon things with the rocket launcher arms. Mm. I'll mean to pull out the uh, the Gatling gun, pull out the rocket launcher and just aim it at my feet and blow myself up.
0: Yeah, that's the best of us, sometimes several times in a row. Um, But yeah, that's the other big game I've seen people talk about is uh, Animal Crossing. And I did yeah, enjoy Yeah, people going in on
1: Animal Crossing. <laughs> I have yet to buy it, but I kind of want to buy it.
0: I enjoyed the fact they were released on the same day so people started, like, putting the two together so you'd have, like, fan art yeah. of, like, the, the Doom Marine with, like, the little bunny rabbit character or whatever Yeah, I think Isabelle's a dog actually It's all
1: the same, it's, it's, it's vaguely Isabelle from Animal Crossing, is that a dog? Yeah, Brother Gordon says it's a
0: dog Brother Gordon <laughs> Brother Gordon. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people go... it's weird that that seems to just have a, such a fanatical following, because it's a very involved game like you have to think a lot about your next couple steps as far as developing the farm i guess i don't actually know what you do in the game hey from what i can tell i just know you have to talk about it constantly uh, on twitter
1: yeah people are going in on it on twitter quite a lot of people because i mean you can download it digitally for 50 quid you don't need to go out and it's going to take up all your isolation time because it's all about building your island gathering resources getting paralyzed by tarantulas because apparently tarantulas need a lot of things so you can start producing silk and start making different clothes okay Uh, and it's all about you know planting different agricultural things and finding the right seashell fixture for your house or something it's it's very very micro micromanagement
0: it's weird that people are like have put this much thought into the economy of a game But I guarantee those people also don't have, like, good saving accounts or don't have any, like, plan for, like, the next five years of spending or budgeting or anything like this.
1: They probably spent their last £50. It was meant to do them until payday, which they're not going to get on Animal Crossing. Yeah. uh... But uh, from what I've heard about Animal Crossing, there's a lot more customization in it because you can make custom palettes in-game that you can then put on clothes and on your... You can then spray it onto your patches of grass, so you have this weird uh, custom image on your front garden, and you can put it up on your tent and shit like
0: that. Oh, that's gonna get bad fat. Like that's gonna be fun for a lot of people, and then all of a sudden, the, like the the dank mean people are gonna get it, and we're gonna see a lot oh, of, plastic- got a hold of it. Oh shit!
1: All <laughs> of it quick. Oh boy. I mean, some people have been making cool Monster Hunter armor type dresses for the characters in the game. A lot of people have been making uh, Street Fighter and uh, Capcom vs SNK two. A character select screens to put up in the back wall of their houses. Other people have been making weird, lewd faces. <laughs> so many lewd faces.
0: I, uh, I, I'm i just waiting for the, you know, you got to get the hegel faces in there somewhere. I think that's already there. <laughs> the internet, the weebs, do not mess around. It is like day one. Yeah, how, do we, how do we break this? How do we make this into our issue? How do we make, uh, How do we? Well, not politicise it, but whatever the weeb version of politicising stuff is. How do we weebify this? How do we... <laughs> How do we make our parents embarrassed? How do we
1: bring this down to our level? Yeah,
0: it's very important that we bring things down to our level. Um, I was I forgot to say I was going to talk about uh, Knives Out. Wholeheartedly yeah. would recommend it. Uh, we talked about it being uh, directed by Ryan or Rian Johnson, whichever one. Um, and yeah, this if you want to know how like effective this movie is, the honest Triller from Screen Junkies fucking nails it when they say you're going to find out, it's a it, but you're going to find out uh who did it, where, how and why uh but you're still going to want to watch the end of this movie which is a damn so you're weird you're saying you
1: find out who done it quite early but you're still invested in the movie
0: yeah, you're still, you want to know it's more to do with, you want to make sure the right people get out of the situation without getting fucked over it's mm. very, very good um, nice not 100% sure on Daniel Craig's accent
1: but it does yeah, doesn't he of some kind of weird texan drawl or something for this movie
0: uh i've i've seen it referred in the movie it gets referred to as kentucky fried drawl uh so it's like uh. kfc <laughs> um but it's mostly um it it gets better as it goes on and if you watch it you're going to have a hard time um not using that accent yourself like if you like to just do funny accents I watched this movie and then had to, um, like, witness someone the week afterwards on uh, in, in the lab and I, w- I really had to fucking struggle not to just ask questions like his character <laughs> and just bust out, like, a weird southern accent and ask them questions about what they're doing. Um, it, what I did find really weird, though, is that his character gets goofy out of nowhere. Like, he, for so much of the movie, is playing, like, the straight man, the victim of the comedy. And then all of a sudden he just turns around and is um, he's the goofy guy <laughs> towards David. He's the one making weird rambling monologues that are just accidentally hilarious. Uh, I, I kind of don't know where that came from. It might make more sense the second time I watch it. But at a certain point they just flip a switch and he becomes really really fucking goofy. Um, is that on Blu-ray? I don't think. I think it's coming soon. Hmm. If it is, it's getting bought. Because um, I want to see that.
1: Yeah, like, I'll probably I'll probably buy.
0: I want to see this movie and I also want to see like behind the scenes stuff like I would love to know how this movie was made because it is it's a great film but it seems doable to everyone else like I feel like anyone could do this movie or could do something similar um just it's it's very accessible in a certain way like certain films look too fantastical um and you couldn't Mm. actually do it but I think you could reasonably pull off something similar um if you spent a lot of time and effort on it and obviously had like good cameras and stuff um chris evans is good i was like oh shit you're, you're not just captain america you're actually a fucking good actor um hmm.
1: it's weird because like I mean, it's kind it of the same yeah. it's the same way with scotty anson people watch george of robert and realize oh shit you can act what yeah. the fuck like you're meant to be black widow
0: yeah um but it's weird that he still has the captain america body so like the family that he's with are ripping into him for being like a drunk and a, a total party animal who's just ruining his life i'm like yeah, the guy's still jacked though. Like he's he's clearly in great. Like you can see shoulder muscle through a fucking knitted sweater. Like, Dude, that ain't dying right. That guy's huge. Um, Catherine Langford's in there. It's the girl from uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. And uh, I, I haven't watched that show. Oh, you're lucky. Um, but like, I've I've been worried because she seems decent um, as an actress, and then I was worried that her being in that show would just kind of taint her reputation. She would never get work again. Um but for me that like the boss is Jamie Lee Curtis. She is a fucking bad bitch. Honestly, she's just so oh, yeah, kind fucking... of she was in that. Hmm? I kinda of forgot she was in that. Oh, she steals the show. Uh yes. like the entire family, uh the, the thrombies, uh, they are a mess. Like everyone of them hates each other. But she is clearly the fucking alpha in the room. She's the one that's mm-hmm. in charge, like she's got her husband's balls in her purse and he's uh, he is not getting them back ever. So, like, every time she's in in the room, you're like, oh, it's gonna go down? Oh, she's gonna, like, she can't help but try and take control of the situations. But it works really fucking well. Um, It's weird though, because I don't know how they're gonna do a sequel, because apparently there is one. It's been greenlit. Um, Hmm. But it seems like we're done with the thrombies. Like, I can't imagine if they bring out more stuff. Um, So much of this mystery is them going into like everybody's uh, like personal life and finding the skeletons that are in their closet and I wonder how you would do a sequel since we now just like we know enough about the thrombies to know them as characters you, if you added any extra in there you'd be kind of stuck like we just we'd be like just digging out more for the sake of it like, you'd have to write extra stuff for them um I think
1: probably the best way to do it is probably take the main investigator character yeah. maybe a couple of the background characters. Just uh-huh. move to another location.
0: Yeah, I think you could do it with just uh, Benoit Blanc and just have him do another mystery. But I, yeah. if they did it right, I could see another movie with that cast. I just don't think it will happen. It doesn't make much sense.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, he's already kind of solved it.
0: Yeah. And you wouldn't get to see uh, Christopher Plummer in it because uh, he's Harlan. Uh, the, the guy gets murdered at the start. And uh, I liked him. He was really fun to watch. He is this, like, grand, uh, classic in- English actor who just, I'd never really seen much of what he's done. So I went looking at his IMDb, and I was like, okay, let's see what else this guy's in, let's see what else I can find. He is in a uh, a series of, he's the voice of uh, a character in, a like, an animated kids' TV show about H.P. Lovecraft.
1: An animated kids' TV show about Lovecraft.
0: Yes, there's some some show. God. I think it's like called Young uh, Young Olfcraft, and it is just animated adventures. It's not good. Like I was tempted to see what it was like to see like, if this is really good. If it's funny, we'll grab DVDs and we'll watch it and just have a fucking riot. Um, but it is like really bad kids' TV, like Dora the Explorer level uh, things. How can you do Dora the Explorer but with Cthulhu? I have no idea. But Ron Perlman is in the first two movies, and Mark Hamill is in the third. Oh God. It, it, it could be bad, it could be real fucking bad <laughs> it really it, I think it depends on how drunk you are Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to bother getting the DVDs because it's yeah, try and find it on YouTube or just we'll leave it or, or just find it on a totally legal streaming site yes, that's what we said, totally legal streaming site
1: yes, absolutely legal, never go illegal yes,
0: uh, but yeah I totally recommend it, cast is fantastic the movie itself, like I, I still can't believe they made a movie where they told you everything about Who Done It, and I still give a shit. Like it's two hours and ten minutes, and I had no idea. Like I, when I looked it up, I was like, No, that wasn't two hours. There's no way that was a whole two hours. I spent watching that film; it flew by so fast. But it feels very dense in a way. Like, there's there's so much to pick up on, uh, with different character interactions, and because it's Who Done It, you're to, like you're analyzing everybody that walks on screen. But yeah, I, I'd recommend ten out of ten. I'll
1: add knives out to the, to the list of shit that I need to buy because I've been actively trying to buy a varied range of movies or, and films just because I realised that I think about 75% of my film collection is all Marvel and DC comic books. I uh. want to try and get more varied films in there. I mean, if... not that's
0: a bad thing, but I kind of want to expand a bit more. Easiest way to do it, I'd say, is the horror genre there's yeah, so much weird shit out there and uh, it's it's easier to explain like I have a ton of really shitty action movies but it's easier to explain oh I'm a big horror fan than it is to say I really love like for, like re- movies that get like 40 to 50 percent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes uh, about people wa- with like medieval swords I don't know what it is that's just my thing <laughs> That's that's my kink you know easier to explain that I love uh, slasher films or horror films and stuff because you can pretend to be having uh, deep conversations about them.
1: Hmm. Then again, (sighs) how many deep conversations can there be about random B-movie slashers?
0: I think if you get to a certain point, you can then start cross referencing like B-rated slasher movies against other B-rated slasher movies and then the classics and then you can just have this continuously... uh, Looping conversation around movies, but I don't think you can do that with stuff like uh, Ironclad. Ironclad, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, how to pitch Ironclad. Uh, it is. I say, like when give those. Give me uh, give me a 30 second pitch for Ironclad. We're gonna make a siege movie okay. about medieval Europe, uh, but have no budget. Uh, <laughs> and that is the pitch they, it, it's surprisingly effective um, they do show actual military tactics from the time which includes uh, digging trenches uh, underneath enemy castles filling them with hay and then setting pigs on fire and then r- making them run down the, the tunnels to burn down the enemy fortress. Mm. that it turns out was a legit strategy in war and I'm like dude that's fucking mean <laughs> It's mean as all hell but I guess it would work you know, if the pig's only got one way to run, it thinks that might help. It will just start running when it's on fire, and then you just have a that trench full of will. fire. Yeah, it it kind of works, I guess. Um, but it's it was a lot of uh, the, the first one's good, the second one not so much. I have no idea who greenlit the sequel, but uh, no, it's a hard no for me. So yeah, it's uh, medieval. Uh, I think it's actually all in Britain, but it's medieval Britain uh, siege warfare with as little mm. budget as humanly possible.
1: I mean, why would you want to go and ruin a perfectly good premise like that with something like a budget?
0: Are <laughs> <laughs> you expect to spend money on this shit? No. No, fuck that.
1: The, the, for, the part of the castle shall be played by this bungalow that we're going to CGI another bungalow on top of. <laughs> and for extras, we'll use the local warping community. I mean, they do work for free.
0: There was some other film... It was, It's one of those films that was so bad I almost turned it off uh, because... I don't know what it is. I've noticed that no one can animate horses very well. Like You've seen horses just out and about galloping and stuff like that. We've been around horses before. Horses are very majestic creatures when they're at, like, full sprint and I've mm. yet to see any series that does a good job of animating them. Attack on Titan did a really good job with certain scenes, but there's just certain shows uh, that, like, in both 2D animation and 3D that whenever you show a horse, it looks like the jankiest fucking thing I've ever seen.
1: I mean, the last horse I've seen in anything animated was uh, Berserk, the 2016 version, which was just Ooh. awful on all accounts. The horses just looked like they were little toys that someone was just bobbing up and down on a screen.
0: Well, they did that for uh, character animation for the actual characters in the show, so... I, yeah, was uh, bad. yeah. was The less said yeah, about Berserk bad. 2016, the better. So, um, what have you been playing recently? Have you had anything new that you've played through, other than uh, Shenmue, which gave you the, you know, mental version
1: of the shits. Uh, actually, there's nothing really new that I've been playing. I've been buying a lot of older type games. Uh, older older type games? Older games. And I uh, played through them. Like, uh, doing a bit of catch up on like, with God of War, which I start, uh, I've yet to start playing. Playing uh, Doom 2016, yet to get uh, stuck into that.
0: Did you not play the uh, uh, the Resident Evil demo?
1: I did. I played the holy shit out the Resident Evil 3 demo. I played that about uh, three or four times. Uh, and the rumours were true. Uh, Nemesis makes Mr. X look like he's in a wheelchair. Oh,
0: shit. Nemesis, okay. can ju-
1: Nemesis can just get you from fucking anywhere. Uh, he does this weird kind of vault thing where he jumps over you and anime skids to a stop in front of you then just turns round and just starts beating you about. He is incredibly quick. And he has uh, multiple stages where you can mutate and still track you throughout the stage.
0: Huh. Uh, this is later
1: on in the game. It's not really in the demo. You see clips of it in the the post demo trailer.
0: Ah, because you said uh, like I remember we said that like he puts uh, Mister X. I'm like Mister X ran through a wall to get to you at one point, did he not? Not punched through a wall. Oh yeah, him.
1: Nemesis punches through multiple walls to get to you. <laughs> that guy is angry. Yeah, and he is like at one point if you're shooting him. There's no sort of bounce back. Like he'll take the hit, then he'll just keep moving forward. Uh-huh. Midway through your sort of bullet string, he can just grab your ankle and trip you because he's got this weird kind of palm tentacle thing. Obviously, they can just whip out and you know pull the feet away from underneath you.
0: I've seen an anti to know where that's going.
1: <laughs> yeah, and especially with Joe Valentine, uh, but they've given him a rocket launcher because it wasn't strong enough, and also a flamethrower just to make it even even more painful
0: just because I, I love bringing up the fact that the resident evil movies exist um what did he have in that i think he had a rocket launcher and a minigun right
1: yeah a rocket launcher and a minigun and somehow he could uh, fight hand to hand
0: yeah despite having Him basically stumps for a budget
1: Joe valentine had a fist fight at one point
0: a friend of mine actually is watching those uh like one movie a day and she forgot just how much crap is in the series <laughs> Yeah. how much effort they put into trying to explain a world that doesn't need to be explained.
1: Um, uh, just in general, I mean, you know what I think about the Resident Evil movies, Pod, B.S. Anderson, stop putting your wife in fucking movies, and that goes in quadruple for the new Monster Hunter movie. Fucking stop
0: <laughs> just, just, just stop. Get some help.
1: Uh... Yeah, get some help. Go just... home, see your family. Tell your wife to stop wanting to be in movies. She's hot, we get it, alright? Yeah, we get it. It's like, Rob Zombie, stop putting your wife naked on things.
0: Uh, let's uh, let's hold up there, buddy. <laughs> hey, I have needs, alright? <laughs>
1: yeah, some people have needs.
0: Uh, what was the... Like, uh, so other than like Nemesis handing you your own ass, how I'm guessing the demo soldier in the game, but did it do that because yeah, you were a fan of the second one?
1: It sold me on the game because it made me realise that they're actually changing the gameplay in response to the character that you're playing. In Resident Evil Two, you were a rookie cop. You couldn't really do much. But Jill Valentine is hardened police. She knows how to, like, she she has this uh, sort of commando role where she can dodge it the way zombies. Which I think is a good way of updating the character,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the the gameplay for the character. Because it's just Leon and Claire, neophytes don't really have much uh, combat expertise. Jill Valentine, hardened veteran, been in the police force for years, been in stars. Special forces of the police for fucking years. She would have a bit more combat savvy about her. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's just barrel rolling through enemies and getting some weird bullet time after it is pretty cool.
0: I'm going to take a wild guess and say that the bar roll will be involved in some kind of speed running. Probably.
1: Although I don't really think it will be because it's just, you don't, it's not a case of Zelda type bar or a forward roll where you can just keep rolling forward. You roll, there's a bit of stun, but invincibility frames as she gets back up. But it's more of a there's about five zombies in front of me. I need to roll backwards and get the bullet time animation and take out a couple of them before I get back up to my feet.
0: Right. So it's not a total be using
1: speedrunning for that sense.
0: Yeah. I just, every I, now I, and again, like you, you mentioned Zelda, and it's the perfect example. If you've ever watched the Zelda speedrun, it is entirely just hoop, 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 hoop. Yeah, it's just as the person that rolls B button the way forward through. so you can roll. Little. it's uh, it's it's just a weird way of like thinking about gameplay, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's fun to see. Um, yeah. But any RE three demo, the two things that actually shine the most are uh, the the setting of Raccoon City itself. From what little you see at the start of Resident Evil two to now, they've expanded it exponentially because it looks so much more vibrant than what you've seen previously. Like, there's more color about it. There's, the locations are a bit more pronounced because. Jill spends most of her time in Raccoon City, so it's her darting from place to place, trying to find items and upgrades and shit like that, so they've updated it to make it look a bit more, like the, it's the focal point of the piece, instead of just, here's the backdrop before you go to the police station or the backdrop before you go to the, the laboratory underneath uh, the city
0: Yeah, I think you said that they've done most of the, the city, if not all of it
1: Yeah and I think you go through a decent, decent portion of the city
0: and to make it look good, if you've ever seen like how they develop certain like cities in games, it's really really impressive. Like the yeah. amount of effort you have to put into this, it's got to be a labor yeah. labor of love.
1: And everything else about it is just prototypical uh, Resident Evil 3 type, uh, Resident Evil two type stuff. The combat's the same. Uh, your knife doesn't break anymore, which is a really really nice bonus because yeah. you can now instead of wasting bullets to kill confirm a zombie that's on the floor, you can just stab the shit out of it. That's good. Pretty fucking helpful,
0: and again, it would put it does show that you know Jill's that she's especially she's been doing this for years. She would know how to get the job done with just a knife, so that's that's good. And she's
1: and she was put through the the original Resident Evil, the Arkley Mansion incident, so she knows how to take down a zombie. Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that comes up in the game, and if they bring back Barry for what I think is the canon ending, because the canon ending for Resident Evil Three on the GameCube, PlayStation One. Was that uh, you get to the the heli the heliport? Helicopters are waiting there, and it's Barry Burton from Resident Evil One, who's the the sort of marksman of stars, and he flies you to safety before the nuclear bomb drops on a uh, R- Raccoon City. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if they keep that or they just do something completely different.
0: I'd be curious about that as well because did these remakes do they follow the story ending of the games all the way through, or is there potential two, that someone else shows it up?
1: Because Two ends with Claire and Leon and Sherry walking out of Raccoon City and, you know, saying, how far does this go? We need to stop Umbrella. But they drop the whole tagline of Leon going, hey, it's up to us to stop Umbrella. Then we slap bass rock playing because that line doesn't fit up with the rest of Resident Evil canon. Because Leon saying it's up to us to stop Umbrella never happens. Cause Claire never fights Umbrella again until Code Veronica, but she doesn't even set out to fight Umbrella. She sets out to find her brother, and Leon forgets about Umbrella completely and never really fights Umbrella again until Resident Evil Six. And Resident Evil Four, he's fighting a bunch of Spaniards, and he wasn't in Resident Evil Five, so true. And Resident Evil, and Resident Evil Three, I can hope they they keep the ending the same because the ending for Resident Evil Three is pretty cool. Hmm.
0: Um. So yeah, you'd recommend that? You're going to recommend the full game when it comes out?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have been told that it is. It's only about a seven-hour game. It's not a totally. It's not a completely long game. Uh, then again, Resident Evil Two, both campaigns were about eight hours, so you're only getting an hour less of game. But what I have been told is that Resident Evil Three, in terms of pacing, is just. <laughs> you know explosion, dynamite, gunshot, keep going fucking Nemesis behind you, what are you going to do you need to, you need to go and get this key for the for this room, Nemesis is catching down you're infected, now you're playing as Carlos you need to go and get the serum to help infected Jill, you're now playing as Jill again you need you go to the clock tower, you need to get this, you need to get that keep fucking going, because the game doesn't have two characters to spread the shit over, it's got one character one main character and a backup character for when the other character gets sidelined, there's no two different branching paths of the game you All just need right. to keep throwing shit at you
0: so it'll be an intense seven hours as opposed to a more yeah. measured eight. Which, yeah, uh, yeah that's nice.
1: And Nemesis apparently keeps stalking your ass throughout the whole thing. Which I am okay with, but Mr. X gave me nightmares. So <laughs> Nemesis is probably going to put me in an early grave.
0: I'm looking forward to hearing you like talk about this game when you're done with it. Because how, how long do you say it took you to do the demo?
1: Uh, i my first time playing through it i just wanted to you know go through the game see the sights, getting get reconnected with the gameplay i think i I finished the my first run of the demo in 25 minutes then i went back and just thought i'm going to try and see everything that i can see in the game and that i think that took me about another 40 45 minutes just to take a slow way through it
0: that's interesting because do you like you, talk, you said that you'd, you'd finished it and I'm like wait what if it just came out this morning you have done it like four times by right now <laughs> oh yeah
1: there was a couple of times I was just like how quickly can I get through this but the, the record for speed running the demo is a minute 30 seconds
0: fuck off no way
1: I just literally goes uh, box, uh, chain cutters, shotgun key, done and it's like how the fuck I, it took me a minute and 30 seconds to think about that you did that with the second spear.
0: I kind of want to see that. I'm going to go find that on YouTube once I'm here. I followed the guy on Twitch, so I'll link it to you. Nice. I'll link it to you. Um, oh, we've been uh, discussing another thing as well. I have uh, a couple of weird, like, pet favourite bands that I, I don't really talk that much about. One mm-hmm. of them is Amaranth. And yeah. we went back and forth after they released uh, 82nd All the Way, which is a yeah, the song. Cover of
1: the uh, Sabaton song.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a it's a song about a soldier in World War One. And you know, wait, people are making metal about this. Hell yes. Uh Sabaton have been making a ton of metal about uh, World War One and Two for the last couple of years now. I think I c don't know how long they've been going, but it's gotta be over a decade by now. I but, think Sabaton will uh,
1: be going for a bit. Yeah. Maybe long know. than a decade, maybe close to fifteen
0: years. Cause Amaranth I actually was googling them last night to write up about this. Uh, they're at twelve years now. Like how the really? fuck have they been going for twelve years? But yeah, apparently, um, it just it's one of the things I'm like, how long have they been going? How long have I been going? Oh my god, <laughs> I am old. Oh no. Um, and yeah, this is a Swedish metal band, but they have a weird kind of gimmick in that they have three vocalists. They have a uh, female vocals, male clean vocals, and male harsh vocals, and they've been doing oh, yeah. this as say for like uh, twelve years.
1: Sabaton have been active for twenty-one years.
0: Holy fuck. That's Started
1: impressive nineteen
0: ninety nine. That's commitment to the bit. given that. Yeah. Um Yeah, but they've uh done a bunch of um like they've they've been touring like Amaranth have been touring with Sabaton and as kind of a like homage to them, made a cover of Eighty Second All the Way and I linked it to you and we've been just hounding this song non-stop for the last couple of weeks. It's it's so upbeat and it's so fucking poppy. I don't know what it is, but like um, I've heard it described as the anime opening song for World War (laughs) One.
1: Yeah, it is very anime. Like it could open Attack on Titan and no one would blink.
0: Yeah. Um, Actually, there is a show that is basically World War One, called Saga of Tanya the Evil. Very good show. Um, And I think it would maybe fit if you could maybe recut some of the footage. Um, from the actual show and make it into the opening for the for the show, I, I think it would work. It'd be a little disturbing, but it would work.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could work. I mean, if someone can cut, uh, what anime was it? There was a very gory anime, Elfin Lead, I think it was called. Love Elf. Someone lead. cut, someone cut that to Bonnie M's Rasputin. All right. And somehow that worked. I was like, how is this working? It's literally a girl who's just, akirying people together, like crushing them into the ball like bloody balls.
0: that show when you find out how they're doing stuff like it just seems like there's a woman a naked woman walking around like making people explode and they explain no she has weird mystical hands coming out of her back and like wait what and it's like no like the power level is based on how many hands they have and it like shows you their vision and you see like a little child with like eight arms coming out the back oh my god that's the like second most powerful thing I've ever seen and uh, they're like tearing each other apart with weird mystical hands you're like "This this entire show is fucking bonkers really good though. <laughs> in, in a weird, I'm weird good. way. Um, didn't Wasn't a big fan of the fact that the the girl, like the naked girl, has clearly got some kind of amnesia. I'm pretty sure she gets shot in the head but her helmet takes the hit and she just gets her brain rattled. Um, but you have a girl with amnesia waking up naked on a beach with uh, some random guy finding her. He then takes her back to uh, his house and immediately she's like, Well, I guess I just live with you now. I guess I love you. And I guess I'll, I guess I'll start your deck if you want. And it's him going, like, I guess I'm okay with this show. Like, no, that's not okay in any way whatsoever. You're clearly taking advantage of the situation. Uh, fucking don't do it. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a, other than that, it's a great show. <laughs> um, I mean,
1: uh, it was, it was a show that someone back in the days when X Fire was a thing. You remember X Fire? The chat Yes. Client? Someone recommended it to me on that good friend uh, from down Wales.
0: All right, Welsh. Cl- clearly, to me. some kind of proper so.
1: uh, He's a good guy. A lot of time for him. Yeah, um... but yeah he said, "Watch Elf and Lidenos." Like, okay, I'll I'll try. And <laughs> I never got around to it. Like most anime, I say I'll give it a shot, but I
0: never do. I think it's on Netflix. It might it might have been taken off since uh, it was on there mean, years ago. But I'm not gonna rush to buy it. So I rush to yeah. watch it. So. Um, but yeah, Amaranth. We're talking about that. Um, yeah, Amaranth. I say they've got a back catalogue now. For uh, they've been gone for like a decade, and uh, I was going to recommend a couple tracks off of it in case anyone's interested. Other than eighty second all the way, which is uh, fantastic. But I noticed that uh, recently, apparently they've been managed by Angela Gossard, uh from Oh, nice. Back in the day, Arch Enemy. Anyway, the first. Back in the day, Arch Enemy. Um, one of the first like major female uh, voices in metal and. A real icon.
1: For a while it was just her and Christina Sabia.
0: Yeah so when you've got that like star power behind you I mean Angela Gossard made her space for herself by being as good as everyone else and uh, we got a lot of time for that I think there's a lot of respect in the metal community for someone who can do that in a very what seems like a very male dominated space but isn't really like I think metal is quite egalitarian and that if you're good uh you will shine through and we will have time for you. If you're not good, you'll be shit on until you fold into like your own asshole and disappear. Um Yeah,
1: skill can of shines out more than you know. I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, if, skill shines more than anything else in the metal community. If you can, you know, bust out the the high notes like anybody else or you can grow like anyone else, you're gonna get noticed fairly quickly.
0: If you shred with the best, then we will absolutely notice. Um yeah. So yeah, a couple of their like, greatest hits, I'd say. Um, There's a track called That Song. It's super poppy, uh, but it's got more swagger than you can handle. Uh, Mechanical Illusion. Uh, it's probably the best example of their earlier style, where it is just pure fusion of uh, electronic and metal. And it's really well mixed, which is one thing I noticed. Is, like, it would be very easy for them to just crank one side and then crank another side during the song, but everything just kind of blends together very well. Um, there are two tracks that are very soppy, but I do fucking love them. Uh, there's mm-hmm. one called True, and it is just about uh like what you really care about, and it just talks about uh, the, the video itself is, um, two of the singers reenacting like their childhood dreams of like uh the singer to, one one of the main men uh, singers wanted to be a hockey player, so it's him like mm-hmm. skating around the ice, and at the same time we've got uh, Elise wanting to be a ballerina, and. It's fucking epic. It makes you weep. You're like, oh, no, I don't want to be this upset by a a fucking metal music video, but it's fucking really good. Um, And also Endlessly, which was on an album like two or three years ago, but they made a YouTube video for it um, because one of the band's guitarists got married and they did the video around his wedding because it's all about just endless, like the, the one true love of your life. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. Like, you know, writing your own uh, wedding uh, music video and then releasing it on YouTube for, like, a couple million views. Pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah. Well, um, Speaking
1: of uh, new music, I actually found a, a new band that I've been listening to quite a lot. I've got, I've
0: got, three, more uh, just... I've got three more tracks to recommend. i got three more tracks to recommend. There's a little track, The Nexus, uh, which is a shame because it started this uh, meme that's on every fucking uh, YouTube video that they have now uh, where basically there's a lot of like, long-haired people and there's a lot of like, hair flips and it's all shot in fucking slow motion and everyone just uh, spot- spams the fucking line greatest shampoo commercial of all time in the video and uh, it just ruins every comment section but it's mm. it's really fucking cheesy and uh, I really dig it um, there is uh, GG6 which is one of the newer tracks they did two videos in the same set and this one's the fun version um, it's just a, it's the same as most of their stuff. It's just fun electro pop, uh, with metal in there as well. And then there's one that I think you'll like probably the most, uh, Fury, where they let the the rough singer, uh, Henrik, P- I'm gonna try and butcher this name because it's Swedish, uh, Vihelmsen. Mm. Uh, they let him loose on the song, and it's three minutes of just the most savage, uh, growling. I mean, he calls it Corey Taylor in the song, and I think it might be fair. Like he says, I can go toe to toe with Corey Taylor, and you're like, I think you could. I really do think so. But yeah, that's my recommendation. I mean, that's a flex. Yeah.
1: You need if you're going to say I can go toe to toe Corey Taylor, you need to back that.
0: I didn't know, but the way that Corey Taylor did a track with Tech Nine, the rapper, I was like, interesting. Uh... Apparently, Tech Nine is a massive Slipknot fan as well. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. Uh, rappers being a fan of weird music. I mean, uh, what's his name? Post Malone loves Follet Boy, and Ozzy Osbourne. So
0: Post Malone's just it a is. weird guy. I mean, he's doing a beer pong yeah. tournament through Instagram as part through of Coronavirus. Instagram. I have no idea how it's going to work, but they're doing something through like Instagram TV where they're going to play beer pong against each other. I'm going to try and find some of the videos and see if it's worth watching. Because if it's funny, it's funny. They're just getting other like celebrity yeah. friends to take part. So
1: yeah, I mean, if it works, it works, man.
0: Whole beer pong tournament through Instagram. Welcome to the coronavirus.
1: <laughs> Welcome to C-Virus.
0: It's How no did they not it? use Corona Beer? Oh my God. <laughs> you gotta do it. You can't have Budweiser. You gotta yeah, use... I mean, Corona why beer. would you want Budweiser? Budweiser's piss water. Actually, Post Malone has a sponsorship deal with Bud- Budweiser. It's probably going to be Budweiser. It should be Corona Beer. If there was a just it God in be. this universe, it should be Corona Beer. Uh, yeah, you said you had a new band you'd be listening to. What was the...
1: Yeah, uh, there was... A new game, a, a new game and a series that I've been a fan of for quite a while. Uh, no More Heroes. No More Heroes 3 got announced at E3 2016, 2017. Or I was going to say they finally <laughs> released that. No, it's, it's uh, in development. It's going to get released soon. But they started releasing uh, themes and tracks from the game soundtrack. And they released a the boss theme. And it's a song called uh, Orca Force by a band called Red Orca, who are a Japanese rock band. And it's just can you imagine Japanese skin dread? I'm already sold. And they've only got one album. And it's it's just called... The, the band name's Red Orca. The record's called Orca Force. Download it. It is fucking great. I'm it's just all for high sure. octane, very high energy music. And I've been listening to the shit out of it. It's a great record.
0: Red Orca, 525 subscribers on YouTube. Make it 526.
1: It. Incidentally, The Who... The Hu have been popping up all over my Facebook.
0: I love it. It's so much fun to see people getting into this band. I actually have a second album, apparently, from uh, Red Orca. Oh. Uh, Manrique. Hold on. So I've got Orca Force here, and I've got Manrique as well. So they're both getting oh, down with right. but Yeah, it's good to get to share the Who with people, and I I like that they are doing very well for themselves, and they're everyone who hears it is like, I'm down with this. Like I'm up for a bit more of uh, whatever you got there. And uh, their videos with guys like Jackie B. is As long as we're not big uh, Papa Roach fans, um, yeah,
1: not since the early two thousands, late nineties.
0: Yeah, I actually listened to uh, the new single that they put out. Oh boy, uh, Papa Roach has changed. Um, I mean, "Getting Away with Murder" is never not going to be a great song, but uh, yeah, that that band has changed.
1: Uh, I was I was never in that boat. I never liked "Getting Away with Murder." I think it was one of the most overplayed songs ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if, if you've got the good headphones on and you really crank it, it's it's fun. But it's not great, meaningful, or it's probably not going to stand the test. It probably hasn't stood the test time up until now, but I still really enjoy it. Uh, YouTube Music wants to give me smart downloads so they can build like an algorithmic playlist. Nah, bro, I'm good.
1: <laughs> nah, keep your smart downloads, man. I don't need that shit.
0: I'll just grab whole albums and just shuffle them all together. It's fine. I create enough playlists as it is anyway. Because the Who is popping up in other places, and what was the other one as well? There's someone else that just keeps popping up, but there's uh, a lot of good new music coming out of these. Oh,
1: that's who it was, Bloody Wood. Oh yeah, Bloody Wood. they dropped a new song.
0: Yeah, they dropped the, the video for YAD, um, which is Y A D. if you want to go looking for it. It is a 5 minute 40 second song about just loving your pet dog, which I gotta say, big fan. uh, I didn't realise it was
1: a nine minute song though
0: no it's only five and a half minutes it's just that the end four minutes of the video are dedicated to raising money for a dog uh, an animal rights charity in India because they're Ah, putting proceeds from the video and asking for donations for that uh, for that charity which again, Mm. metal as fuck
1: yeah it's a pretty good cause
0: but yeah we'd highly recommend it Uh, just kick back, I'd recommend watching the actual video itself uh, just so you can get the subtitle lyrics and uh, get the meaning behind the song. But then once you've watched that a couple of times and know what the rough gist of the song is, I've had that on a playlist and I spent an entire morning just listening to that song, thinking about it, I looped it about 20 times and I'm, I'm not bored of it at all.
1: Yeah, I kind of get the same thing with uh, Do or Die, the track that Amra Angel Gosso looped that shit on repeat.
0: Yeah, every now and again you just find something that really scratches the itch.
1: Yeah. I mean, before uh, that, it was Clutch with their album uh, from Beale Street to Oblivion. After after I seen them live at Download, I think I just played that shit over and over again. Could not get enough of it.
0: I vaguely remember Clutch. I don't I don't think I ever listened to them, but I remember them being a band. Imagine Neil
1: Diamond if they had a, a deeper voice and played metal in the background. It's pretty good. Hmm. Well, not we... quite metal, but more heavier blues, country.
0: Now you're talking my language. <laughs> It's I got a weird get- country kick, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Admittedly, Luke Combs is to blame for that, but uh, I just obviously, once you find one, you know, with the uh, suggestions pages on YouTube, you find more and more. Yeah, and you more.
1: just tumble down that rabbit hole, just keep going continually.
0: Um, also, listen to uh, Five Fringin' Death Punch's eighth album, F8, Fate. I don't know how we're supposed to pronounce it, but I've, I've been calling it Fate now for a couple of weeks, and no one's corrected me, so. I'm calling it fate. I, I
1: I think that not that many people are listening to Five Finger Death ones because I'm pretty sure they're not even on Spotify anymore.
0: Really? Hmm. Huh. I know they had issues with the label. Um, like they they've just left the previous group and are now with a new group. I think they're actually with Better Noise Music, but I'm I'm not entirely sure about that one. Um, no, it's
1: all up there. I just haven't listened to it in, in quite a while.
0: Ooh, if it's it's good. There's a lot of stuff that will be under like the greatest hits. Um, for when they ever do their next one, because they've already done one for the first decade of their career. Um, I mean,
1: to my mind, Five Finger Deathmatch haven't released a good record since the 2013. Got your 6 was
0: awful. Uh, yeah, hard to disagree with that one. Again, well, for them, I think they, they know. Uh, they've actually said, put out like, some article today saying they know they're a polarising band and not all their stuff works for all their fans. Hmm. And I think that's been going for a while, where they have. Uh, they write the album knowing that their fans will take out different tracks for different playlists Um, and I think there's like three different playlists and one of them is like beat your own personal deadlift uh, record, the other one is just going for a long drive down a country road in a nice truck and the third Mm -hmm. one is like drinking in the shower after a bad breakup I think those are the three death punch playlists
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not going to lie, when I did go to the gym five figure death punch, a few tracks made it on there and there are still a few Deathstorms tracks that make it onto my my pre-game uh, playlist. Not my pre-game drinking playlist, my pre-rugby <laughs> game uh, playlist.
0: Yeah. I, I think they're getting better. Um, which I mean, yeah. eight albums in. Um, I don't know how much you'd expect somebody to improve, but I mean, they're still putting in the work. Um, yeah. I, I do think I mean, Ivan I have... getting clean is helping as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always appreciate the hospital, but... Uh... I suppose I shouldn't really say that, that it's horrible, but in, in my opinion, it was horrible. I wasn't a huge fan, but with most things, I'm willing to give it a second shot, so I might jump in for fate and see how that is, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm still making my way through Critical Role, and uh, I'm using the fact that those guys are on hiatus, along with everybody else in the world right now, to try and catch up on my way through Campaign 1 and hopefully get started on Campaign 2, but I think I'm still... 18 to 20 episodes away from the end, which, considering the fact that I started a couple months ago, is disturbing or, you know, commendation worthy.
0: I was going to say you text me saying you think 30 about. away a couple weeks ago, and that's impressive that you've made it through another 12, 18 episodes or something like that.
1: Yeah, so... uh, I'm on episode 90. I think I texted you when I was on episode 80, or I've, no, I text you when I text you when I was on episode 80. I'm now on episode 93. And the end is is in sight. The end is in sight. (laughs) Not that I'm not enjoying uh, Campaign 1.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, we are also 90 episodes in. Yeah, I've
1: been... Was it three-hour episodes? Uh, Oh, fuck it. Three hours, the the short episodes. It's between three hours and five hours at this point. Apparently, in Campaign 2, they get up to a six-hour episode.
0: Oh, jeez. I'm I'm enjoying it as well, but I'm obviously way further back. You are 270 hours to probably 360... Hours yeah. into this, but that
1: that mostly comes from I haven't just been sitting, you know, solely down listening to this. It comes from uh, I am going back and forth between bonus and Edinburgh for uni. I mm-hmm. listen to a podcast that usually kills about an hour and a half of travel, or I have four hours to wait in between my lecture and my tutorial. I can get an episode and a bit of critical role done, uh, or if I'm going on the train to a game of rugby or rugby training, mm-hmm. I'll listen to more critical role. But, but there it, are people it, out there who have just been watching and listening to nothing but Critical Role. Like, they'll watch the, the VODs or the YouTube episodes instead of television.
0: And it does become like a personality trait, as I'm Like, if someone says, I'm up to date on Critical Role, that means something. Yeah. Um... And I, even at, even
1: at uh, conventions, which I kind of want to touch on conventions a little bit, uh, again, it falls back into C virus, but unfortunately. It's, it's a big topical thing at the moment we're probably going to keep jumping back to C-Virus I can only apologise for happening back to this but I do want to talk about conventions but when we get back to conventions the amount of people that I talk to even before uh, the lockdown and probably after lockdown you'll say oh you listen to Critical Role and then it's just, the conversation just brings in so many different people because everybody fucking listens to Critical Role it's just this D&D this little niche D&D show that just exploded and everyone got hit with a little bit of it.
0: And it's it's because it's well done. It's well made. Um and it's it's done by talented people. So you're kind of stuck yeah. with um, you know, it, it gets everyone's attention and it's packed with people that you know from other nerd shit and it's it's yeah. prime nerd content really.
1: If you're an anime fan or a video games fan or even just a pure D D fan, there's a little bit of something in there for you. But what is drawn is the like mostly the the fans of the voice actors, they just kind of enveloped all these uh, different people and I take a chance to talk about uh, conventions, uh, because there seems to be this huge, uh, like sort of what's the best way to put it? Like I don't want to say dichotomy, but there's like there's a bit of a, a bit of a void, a bit of a chasm growing between the local conventions that want to still keep going, but have had to postpone due to, you know, c virus, and bigger MCM Comic Cons that happened at the end of the year, because they're looking like they're still going to go ahead, but a lot of conventions, they like, so, uh, RICON and Dundeecon CON, are, they've had to cancel and move theirs to, I think, June, and a lot of people are saying, well, this is bullshit, why can't you know, just go ahead or cancel the event, you're not going to be able to compete with MCM, but, it's, get, it's getting to the point where, would you want one CON in February, then nothing until September, or do you want, you know, stay indoors, stay safe, then you get a couple extra CONs before the big one, money-wise, it's going to be a hassle, but you're going to have shit to do in between now and the big con. Mm.
0: It, it does seem to be a bit of a problem for the small events, and that's my concern in like with the economy in general right now, is how are small organizations going to take the hit when you have something like a, an MCM, these big monolith uh, companies that can take that bit of a hit and delay stuff by a couple of months, because th- this will cost money, and for a small convention, a small gaming convention in Glasgow to just say we're gonna hold off for a couple of months to keep you safe. By the way, never, yeah. never forget to throw that one at people who are complaining about the current situation. Is this is all for public safety, including yeah, your sorry. safety?
1: But uh, uh, MCM, their event in London, they were going to postpone that and have it in December or something or late October. But uh, they, I think, eight of their guests, being the critical role cast, have had to cancel because they physically can't make it over to London in December. So, a lot of people off the back of that have just demanded uh, their tickets, the cost of their tickets back. in. MCM have just kind of said, well, we have no choice. We can't get these guys to show up. Yeah. I and would... a lot of people are saying it's a failing on MCM's behalf, but they couldn't predict the virus. Cut them some fucking slack.
0: Yeah. And I would never uh, actually advise anyone to travel into a city in December. If you can avoid Christmas time shopping in any major city, especially a capital city, do. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. You don't want to add a convention on top of that.
1: Yeah, that would just be nightmarish.
0: Um uh, right, so for the showstopper today. Um oh, right now, it's talking about coronavirus all the time, It's all just uh a lot of people yeah. resort to online shopping and we have a lot of trust in the retailers that you know, people like Amazon and eBay and even stuff like uh Teespring, like these online merch stores for various like kind of geek properties. I always assume that they will actually get them, get the get the shops we we'll always just trust them with the information, they throw their money at them and hopefully get our stuff uh Back in the end. Uh, but I have a story today that's about what happens when the seller doesn't fulfill the order. Okay. So, uh, Shea Victorio is a former CSGO player and uh, she's been playing Counter Strike in various forms uh, for the last 11 years. Uh, at the pro level, she's been playing in esports tournaments uh, but retired in 2019 to make money on the side as a Twitch streamer. Because, um, why wouldn't you? I mean, not a horrible looking girl. Um, and you are good at CS:GO. You you're, you're talented. You've been in the the game for so long. You can probably like play it by accident. Um, so she made a bunch of uh, made a bunch of uh, money as a Twitch streamer. Um, so I'm gonna
1: post that all over Twitter local podcast and blast CSGO is so simple that anyone can accidentally play
0: it <laughs> gonna get clickbait uh, no I, I, I think like if you're top level player you could probably accidentally win a match CSGO I didn't mean to yeah. do that whoops <laughs> um,
1: no dude I'm just I'm just you know posting. I'm just
0: Uh her like her twitch uh, stuff uh, did quite well but she opened up a merch store and uh, fans went and bought a bunch of her merch stuff like usual you know, t-shirts hats all that stuff um, and then people started to complain that orders weren't showing up. This got so uh, kind of heated up that uh, people, like uh, the police force got the, uh, this is police in Brazil by the way, uh, so they got the Special Action Group to com- Combat Organised Crime involved uh, and to put these guys in perspective, uh, one of the articles I found about this uh, task force was that they were showing up, they were doing, uh, they were involved in an investigation where a uh, a group of uh, a criminal organization was found to be involved in the murder of a uh, a Brazilian politician, like not a like low tier like bureaucrat, like an actual uh, member of like Rio de Janeiro's uh, like s- Chamber of Commerce or whatever the fuck. She was actually involved uh, in the community and was a, an activist. She was murdered by a uh, an organized crime group which included a member of a uh, former Brazilian special forces. These were the guys that were tasked with bringing that organised criminal group in. So those guys yep. were, were also shown uh, what was going on with the streamer, uh, who's known online as Shea. Um, they got involved with her case, cracked into her emails, and uh, found that there was evidence to s- suggest that she was uh, not fulfilling orders through her online store. Uh, and this would count as fraud under Brazilian uh, law. And they decided to oh, prosecute her. Um, and she was found guilty and given what I'll call a harsh sentence so what do you think a harsh sentence for fraud is in Brazil
1: Uh, probably a fairly hefty fine and a ban on trading
0: she was given 116 years of prison time I shit you not
1: (laughs) more than a little bit fucking harsh that's uh, (laughs) severe I'd say
0: they had 118 counts of fraud so it was 118 people she didn't send deliveries to and was given 116 years as a prison sentence. Um, She has a couple of saving graces though. Uh, Apparently in Brazil, the maximum sentence that can be given is 30 years. So she's automatically going to have to serve all 30 years, but she only has to serve 30 years out of 116. So, eh, not bad.
1: Yeah, it's a silver lining, I suppose. You'd You'd be in prison for... A good chunk of your life or all of it
0: she's gonna come out at like 60 with uh fraud charges against her name but yeah i mean it's better than never ever seeing the daylight again um but she has a kind of like she has a possible out here and this is the fact mm-hmm. that um the online store although she promoted it and was part of the business running it um it was actually run by her father uh, or an ex-partner uh, so that it could be, they could be the ones that are liable for the the, the actual charges related to like the defraud, the uh, defrauding of the uh, the fans. Um, and the so thing she's is,
1: she's not going to. She might not even take the hit herself.
0: It's she's been charged with it. that's the thing. It's like oh, she's been charged. She, right? This has been done. They've gone through the courts. Uh, they're just saying that maybe she has a possible out of if she can prove it wasn't her directly involved with the store. It was actually her, her father, or her ex partner. Um, all ah, right. Yeah. So
1: even she, to that, she still might not take the hit for it, despite that she's been charged with it. Yeah. Because charged doesn't actually, you know,
0: I, th- I don't know if she's actually gone to jail yet for it, because this all happened at the start of the year. Um, it just took a while for it to filter through because uh, the ESPN story I found on it was from Brazil. Um, and mm-hmm. they like I had to Google Translate it into English, and there was a few like things that were a bit weird in there. Um. It says, Shay's, law, Shay's lawyer told uh, Colonna, which is the newspaper, uh, that the company belonged to Shay's father and ex-partner. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> are those, please tell me these are two separate people. I don't want that to be, uh, <laughs> I don't want that to be an issue.
1: I don't want to make more of a story out of this. Um,
0: yeah, so it, uh, sh- they believe that a management problem had indirect consequences for the former player. So the lawyer is pretty sure that they can convince a jury or a judge or an appeals court that it wasn't actually she that was involved in this and that she shouldn't have to serve 116 years of jail time, uh, cut down to 30 by Brazilian law um, but yeah, she's been convicted and actually, if they can find enough evidence, she's probably got a good chance of being able to convince someone that it was not actually her fault but uh, good fucking luck on that one
1: yeah, she's going to have a hell of a time so yeah, have fun with that it. one.
0: Up. so yeah, that was uh, that's what happens when you fuck up an Amazon order good luck Jeff Bezos
1: <laughs> yeah, keep that shit going business, otherwise you're gonna to go to Brazilian jail.
0: <laughs> they have they have uh, some severe sentencing in there. But uh yeah, that was my, my showstopper for the day. I've been calling Graham. I've been Domandos and we've been talking gibberfish Remotely. Remotely. Through we're a government organisation, we can't shut down.